0: Ken...
1: Ken, fight him and you both will die. You'll kill each other, and to what end? You're too important to the next stage of man's history to throw your life away. Please, Ken, think of the children. The innocent, yet unborn. And think of the ones you love. ...and who love you and depend on your strength. They, too, have a role to play in the new era of man. Will they be able to survive without you to protect them? And Julia, what of Julia? Oh, 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 she needs you so much. Uh, please, Ken, don't fight Rao. Oh! oh. For the conqueror, your Gundam time has come.
2: Alright, everyone, welcome back to uh, Gundam MHQ. Uh, this is uh, one of your hosts, Neo, and always I'm joined here with Soul Bro and Chris from the Ashes
3: of Vietnam 2. <laughs> <laughs> say hello. The saga continues, guys.
1: Yo! Yo!
3: <laughs> Yo, Joe!
1: <laughs>
2: Nice. (laughs) And uh, this is episode 122 of Gundam. And in this episode, we're just going to have one topic for you. And uh, we're just going to call it the nostalgia effect. And uh, And leave it at
4: that without any. We'll
2: leave it at that. So we'll (laughs) we'll be getting to that shortly. Before that, we have a few things to take care of here. And and the uh, guys, anything before we go into the. uh, I come out of the Larry King Memorial News Center with some great news from the masses. I
4: have a quick plug.
2: Oh, sure. sure. Quick plug. Quick product plug. Okay. Not not a not a straight talk drive by with Omar. No. <laughs> no
4: Omar. Omar ain't coming.
2: And it, oh. And, and Dola, if you're listening to this, you need to get Omar on Chaos Theater. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that would be amazing and frightening. Oh yeah. So. All right. Uh, uh. I recently received in the mail a nice little package from Right Stuff, which contained my copy of the pat labor ova on blu-ray oh nice nice and i watched it all because it's amazing wow the the visuals are pretty much what we previously discussed um some of those screenshot comparisons Mm -hmm. it really really is uh, an eye-opener when you watch this because those old central park media dvds especially on the tv series were off color and uh, they were low res. They had this fuzzy look to them and kind of washed out looking. They were just not very good. Yeah, mm. this is like watching something that's almost brand new. I would compare it to uh, probably uh, say like the Bubblegum Crisis. Oh
3: man, that that's it's remarkable. That,
4: that cleaned up. That much brighter. That much more detailed. You can see. The detail on the Ingram and all of the Mecca, even in just the opening sequence when they go into the whole, like, the history of the labor and you see these detailed sketches it just looks amazing.
3: Oh, wow. that, that is badass. I need to pick that up then because I've never owned that series on, uh, on Blu-ray so I, it, or on DVD, so I, it's, it's about yes, time. Yes, because
4: that, that series went out of print I believe even before CPM went under, so mm-hmm. yeah. it was pretty hard to get, and uh, it's cheap. It's like 22 or $23 on Right Stuff, about the same on Amazon. I highly recommend buying it. You get all seven episodes on one disc. It does include the same old dub that Central Park Media did, so
2: if
4: you like it or don't like it, then that hasn't changed. No bonus features, but uh, it is it is a nice release, and actually has really nice packaging. And given that they've already also licensed the TV show, and they list on the packaging the order in which to watch everything, kind of hints to the fact that they might license the second OVA as well as the three movies, which, awesome. if so, I will buy them all. Hell yes. And if you want to do us a solid, uh, you know, maybe go to the Pat Labor reviews on MHQ and... Uh, Click the Amazon purchase link there to buy it. Help us out too.
3: That's right. If anything, you not only help out uh, uh, right stuff, but you help out MHQ at the same time.
4: Yeah. If you've seen Pat Labor before, watch it again because it'll be like watching uh, it for the first time. And if you've never seen Pat Labor, maybe got interested when we did our roundup, well, now's, now's your time to act. You can support it and get in on uh, the fun yourself.
2: Well, that yeah, and, and, and it is amazing when you. Watch these things as they're redone from um, in, into Blu-ray from the from their old masters. It is like watching a whole new, uh, <laughs> a whole new show again.
4: So. <laughs> and also, the first set for the TV show comes out in July, I believe, and it's. The first dozen episodes, and, and that's the beauty of animation is that you you can upscale
3: it or you can you can remaster it beautifully into HD. Not a lot of TV shows or, or movies can, can claim that, but um, when it comes to animation, if if, if the masters are kept in, in good condition, yeah. you can do that. I mean, it, it, flaws in the animation are just always going to be there, but just the resolution and, and, and how the, good it looks. Source material, yeah, yeah. But, that, it all right. depends on the master.
4: Well, this source material is very good for the most yeah. part. Mm-hmm. Not that much grain. There's only some scenes that look a little rough at night, but otherwise it's a very clean, very nice release. Highly recommended. All right. No excuse to not buy it now.
3: Right on. Well, it
2: costs money, Chris, and everything on the internet should be free.
4: So. <laughs> if they cared about the that's fans, one that's one <laughs> excuse. That's
2: uh, one excuse. all right. Anything else before we go in to some news? I'm good. And it's disturbing news. Oh. To, from the Larry King Memorial News Center. Here we go. NEO's you know, listener-submitted news, articles, it was and... It's
4: disturbing, is it perhaps from the uh, Michael Bay Memorial Robot Shelter? No, 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 no.
2: I, I will get into it shortly, but I just want to let everybody know that if you have an article you'd like to submit, always go to the NEO's listener-submitted news articles thread in the Gundam section of the old MechaTalk forum. So uh, do that. And uh, the first one here... Comes from jahudi 29 and this is disturbing because it's just a YouTube video, but check this. He says here, Neo, I hope you and the Admiral are ready because things are not looking good for the human race. The group that made the big dog, the robot that could throw center blocks around, has oh. now developed Petman. And uh, yeah, view that and clutch your tomes even tighter. So uh, thank you, <laughs> Mr. Chihuti, for keeping me up at night. Um...
4: <laughs> next one here. Oh, I've got some more disturbing news to pile on that, but I'll wait and oh. see to make sure it doesn't. It's not a sober effect It doesn't.
2: It doesn't show up. Okay, no problem. And um, next come one on here comes. next one here comes from Rodimus seventy six, and actually I'm going to give him an, an E dude, This is going to be a combination here. Rodimus seventy six has a link for the new trailer Elysium, and it just shows basically the back of uh, Matt Damon with like some robotic stuff on him. And uh, Mr. EA Net Dude has got the first trailer for that. So that's the uh, the movie that's going to be coming up that's got the coordinators in it. What if it Requiem. Or, or uh, Blue and
4: Pure World.
2: Or... <laughs> so uh, that was always... Um, so, yeah, definitely check that out. I know there's been lots of... Um, Lots of talk and uh, with that because of uh, the coordinator angle so and it sounds like um, a lot of a lot of different things of Gundam and anime and science fiction that we've all seen before so uh, we'll definitely check that out so next one here comes from Rodimus76 is this has got a uh, this is even more disturbing robot apocalypse news this is coming from the geeks are sexy uh, website. And there's a video, and it's called, the, there's now a machine called the Mantis, a two-ton turbo diesel hexapod walking machine. Woo. And, uh, yeah, this is not good. Uh, <laughs> and I find it funny because there's a picture of a guy who thinks he's pretty awesome because he's the pilot of this thing. Yeah, maybe, it's, um, maybe, maybe you can be the pilot, but you know, uh, uh, eventually they're going to want to make this uh, with some AI. And it's a 2.2 liter turbo diesel British design and built. Walking machine, and that could be piloted or remote Wi-Fi controlled. That's never good. Never. Is, do... is
4: it uh, manufactured by Cyberdyne
2: Systems? Well, it's British designs, British design, and British built. So I don't know what that means. From all I know is, um, I know if that means if it's British built from my experience of Top Gear, that means it's like uh, built in somebody's shed. Out in <laughs> out the Midlands, because that's what they always talk about. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I'm just going to go by with my top gear assessment on that. So uh, <laughs> they always say like like you know midlands and built in a shed's not a good thing. So <laughs> and hopefully this is not the british subsidiary of cyberdyne systems. That would not be good. So thank you Mr. Rodimus 76 for keeping me even up more at night. So next one here comes from an evil Australian Vent Noir. Well, I still
4: might keep you up even more at night with my news if it's not a soul bro Whoa. okay Okay. Whoa.
2: indeed we, 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 are, we are on the edge of our seats on this and this is some cool stuff um, this is from this is from newscientist.com and it says that there's going to be uh, is that
4: uh, nude scientist that's what no, it sounds n-
2: like new n- 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 scientist like brand okay. new um, and I guess there's going to be something in the old NASA budget for about 100 million dollars to seize an asteroid Hmm. Uh, it looks like they want to seize an asteroid by a visit in the mid twenty twenties, and uh, the the use of that is to um, use uh, to actually get minerals and stuff off of it. So they use a ion NASA would use a ion propelled rocket to lasso a resource rich asteroid about seven meters wide and towed in the lunar orbit. Astronauts would then visit, and then they would mine it, of course, and then a guy a blonde haired guy called Char would grab it and then try to push it into the um, into the, uh, you know, to ca- cause everybody to leave Earth to go to the I, I just
4: want to know, is this asteroid named either Fifth Luna or Axis? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Could be probably both,
5: right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> not yet. They haven't, they haven't said, and it's only seven meters long, and I know uh, Fifth Lunas or Axis, they're a little bit bigger than that, so. But, um, hey, yeah, that sounds like, a, sounds like a good plan. Maybe we can get some uh, more gold off that for, uh, for, those, for those gold hedge funds. But uh, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir, for your. Does submission. that mean
4: Glenn Beck is going to go into space for the space gold?
2: Space gold index, man. Let's go. I, I, I <laughs> Glenn Beck is going to pervert this in some way that it's going to profit him.
4: You need to buy space gold to free free from government interference. Space, space gold. Space gold is more pure than
2: regular Earth gold.
3: Jesus. It, it's, <laughs>
2: it's not, and it's not bound by the laws that they're trying to keep. What, you know that the liberal media has got for you. So. <laughs> Space
3: gold. Space gold. It's got zero G carrots, man.
2: <laughs> zero G carrots. yes. Mm-hmm,
3: indeed. Indeed. So,
2: um, ooh. Rodham is 76. This is bad. Uh-oh. He gave us a link here to the Gundam, by Gundam Guy blog. And there's new images for Gundam Age Memory of Eden. Yes, the long-awaited uh, new product for Gundam Age, the one that Yay. we just cannot wait to get you. awesome Yay. Yeah.
3: Well, hey, man. it's like there's, there's
2: a teaser trailer and then oh it's that Z-Hard oh, oh my god look at him and then there's uh, then the, the two people responsible for Memory of Edom uh, please arrest them Japanese government and uh, so, <laughs> some other screen captures here so uh, yeah so if you couldn't get enough of your Gundam age I know Chris is very excited about this thank you Mr. Rodimus 76 for that uh, next one here I'm surprised. Oh, this is uh, Arbiter Gundam. I guess he got in trouble with the old Macross folks because uh, he's. Do- oh, this is coming straight from Macross World. Oh. The commemorative Macross plus theatrical screenings have been announced, and uh, there's going to be it's going to be screened in theaters for the first time in 18 years to commemorate the upcoming release of the Blu-ray box set. Hmm. And- and if you're lucky enough to be in Japan during these times, here's, here's where it's going to be. Tokyo, uh, Shinjuku Wad 9 Cinema, May 2, 4, 10, 17, and 25th. Nosaka, the Umei Berg Cinema, May second, 11, and 25th. And Fukuyuma, Tijoi Hakata, uh, that's the cinema, I take it, or either the theater. It doesn't say either one, but that's going to be a May 10th, the 17th, the 24th. Hiroshima at the Hiroshima Wide 7 Cinema, 10th, 17th, 24th. Uh, Nagata's, same one, 10th, 17th, 24th. And Tokushima, which will be only for uh, May 2nd and 3rd at the Fudu, Fudubo, uh Cinema. So, uh, yeah. So if you're able to check that out, and they're going to be limited, limited locations, and there's also going to be all-night marathons that include the Macross Plus Movie edition, Do You Remember Love? And one of the two Macross Frontier movies. Which one is screened depends on the session and the location. So, oh. so there you go. You are my wings. Uh, so. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Arbiter Gundam. And I guess you're going to actually eat some food this week because uh, you, you got that. Uh, next one here comes from Rodimus76, and he's just got a link to the new live-action Gotcha Man teaser trailer. So check that out. Because Hell, Yes. Yeah, that, that sounds like some, some pretty good stuff. And um, next one here comes from Vent Noir, one of the evil Australians. And uh, this is a disturbing one. And I call these uh, human traitors because oh. uh, this is coming from the I know blog. And I guess a recent survey that was conducted by the Huffington Post and YouGov, which if it's Huffington Post, you know it's uh, – you know, it's, uh, it, it's scientific. It says here, nearly one in ten Americans would have sex with a robot.
3: Oh, my Ooh. God. Treaters to the species. <laughs> yeah. That number is only going to increase in time.
4: <laughs> that, that, that was uh, that was uh, what I was going to mention, so I'm glad I didn't sober it. And that item is sponsored by the Michael Bay Memorial Robot Shelter. Oh, yes. <laughs>
2: And they say, they say here the poll is fairly legit. You, you got sur- surveyed 1,000 uh, adults from, like, February tw- 20th to the 21st, and, uh, yeah, they, they came out to be about one in ten. So, but how yeah. many
4: of those 1,000 adults were forever alones? That's
2: it. Oh. And, you know, the, 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 the funny thing would be is uh, <laughs> they would – um. I wonder how many it would be if they interviewed uh, or they surveyed Japan. It'd probably be like <laughs> 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, also, it also looked in the comfort level people have when it comes to personal service robots. It said that nearly 60% of the Americans predicted robots will be cleaning homes by 2030. Only 33% said they want a robot servant. 42 said they didn't want one. Okay, so that's the resistance there. Um, interesting age was a factor. People between 40 and 44 were most likely to say they would like a robot servant, while adults 65 and owner were more likely to say no thanks. So it's going to be me and a bunch of old people.
4: (laughs) Uh So unfortunately for you, the demographics are against you because your support base is literally dying off. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) The robots won't kill them, just time will. (laughs) Basically, your your support base is baby boomers, and, and they're dying pretty fast, so...
2: Well, it makes sense. I mean, part part of the uh, part of my um, you know the, my upper command is uh, the admiral and Lord King, and uh, they're they're both like over over probably over seventy, I think. Probably the admiral, I would think, he's probably pushing closer to seventy. Probably maybe in his late sixties, and definitely Lord King's older than time. So <laughs> himself, so. <laughs> Yeah, just be me and survey. <laughs> 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 He's got the explosion, so <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Vent Noir for your submission. Oh, Vent Noir has got another one here, and this is some exciting news for people in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and this is coming from the anime news network, I guess. Madman Entertainment's going to show Avent 3.0. There you uh, go. Australia and New Zealand. They have announced that Facebook are going to uh, do it in theaters in Australia and New Zealand as part of the Real Animate 2013 um, lineup. And of course, this is the third film in the remake of uh, Evangelion, of the 14,000th remake of Evangelion. So, uh, yeah, so that's exciting news for people in uh, Australia and New Zealand. Thank you, Mr. Vent Noir. Next one here comes from Gun Type Zero, and uh, I know this has been kind of a popular one. The uh, Valvare the Liberator second season is going to start in October, and this is coming from the Anime News Network. I guess uh, the first season uh, premiered uh, on Tuesday uh, a couple couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and the season is going to debut in October. So um, everybody that's fans of that show and like to have some time to uh check that out because I've, I've heard some uh some good things about that mm-hmm. and uh so yeah second season in october and thank you mr gundam type zero and he had, hmm? oh space vampires for the win i wonder if they're gonna have space furries like they did in Macross seven
3: there you go no now
2: failure <laughs> <laughs> and some sad news here um and this is coming also from Gundam Type Zero. Looks like um, Sport Entertainment is re- uh, removing Galaxy Express 999 Box Set fr- Box Set Two from its schedule due to low sales. So that's some, some sad stuff. Considering I would have bought it, but I already have it. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is not Blu-ray; it's DVD. So it's kind of like you know, just doing something just to do it. So that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, with Blu-ray, I would definitely check that out. So, um, sad news there. Also, Vet um, Noir with this submission here says uh, Gundam Breaker Games is going to offer virtual allies for single play players offline. Oh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. This is here from the Anime News Network. It's going to uh, virtually uh, virtual ally characters will assist on tougher missions in single-player mode for gamers who rather not play online with other players. The computer-controlled allies have varying personality types that the players can choose from, such as Big Sister, <laughs> Zeon Zealot. Oh, wow. Bottle <laughs> uh, Builder. But, yeah, those are the player types. Zealot. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. So uh, thank you, Mr. Vet uh, Noir, for your submission. Oh, Rodimus76. I was waiting for this. Some survey news. Oh, no. The movie that is going to kill everyone's childhood. Uh, teenage alien mutant tin, ninja from space turtles. Um, it's been announced who is going to be Splitter. Have guys, do you guys
3: know? Do you guys no, know? don't know. Go. go. A- any guesses? Uh, yeah, um, uh, definitely not Kevin Clash. <laughs> Damn.
4: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's my only <little> guess. <laughs> okay. When that's your guess, that's a Pretty safe
2: guess pretty much (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know who this guy i didn't know who this guy was by his name but i've recognized him. i think everybody knows him right um he is gonna be it's seinfeld alum danny woodburn Mm woodburn and he's he's uh he's a short guy yeah uh, yeah he's a a guy with a beard and i think he was an elf wasn't he he's also in badass with danny trehomar yeah yeah that's right He's, he's been in a lot of movies so um yeah so he's going to be splinter in the uh, live action cgi ninja alien space um my childhood would die mm-hmm. um, so thank you mr rodimus 76 for that oh rodimus 76 is back oh shit oh this is some interesting stuff here this is coming from the cinemablend.com. christopher nolan won't be doing justice league man of steel may open the doors to the universe. So I guess he's not doing the Justice League movie mm-hmm. in here. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he's not going to be doing that. But uh, I guess he's, he's just producing the Man of Steel movie. So he's not going to have any real future with any of the, uh, the other comic book movies. And that's kind of squelching the rumors that he was going to be returning to the DC fold and also bringing back uh, Batman in Justice League and all that. So all that just ended up being, uh, ended up being just rumors and speculations. So thank you, Mr. Rodimus76, for your submission. Uh, next one here comes from, man, Ben He must have really had nothing to do with <laughs> this week. Um, so this, here, this is kind of weird. Uh, from the Anime News Network, uh, Tom Cruise is to star in a film of the Yukikaze Science Sci-Fi mo- novels. Which uh, kind of weird? Because what's he just gonna? What is this gonna be? Uh, Top Gun in the future?
0: Oh! <laughs>
2: I mean, they're gonna have a, they're gonna have a Tom Cruise in it. I guess he's attached to the film adaptation of the sci-fi novels, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in the story, that's the, uh, the elite special air force wages a secret war against aliens that are, uh, unsuccessfully evaded Earth through a dimensional porter portal mm-hmm. over Antarctica 33 years ago, and uh, he's gonna be second. Second Lieutenant Ray Fukai flies alone in a danger-fraught reconnaissance mission over the alien's home planet and his wingmate, the Siphid Fighter, sentient Siphid Fighter. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah.
3: If, if, it's as, if, if it's going to be as, uh, as much a yaoi love as it is in Yukikaze, then <laughs> Tom Cruise might, might fit right in. He well, might fit right in.
2: what's scene in yeah. Man, so. Indeed, indeed.
3: <laughs> Foreshadowing... <laughs>
2: So, thank you, Mr. Vent Noir. Um, and next one here, I'm just going to make fun of Arbiter Gundam. He, uh, he says here, the new Star Trek Into Darkness trailer drops. Hey, is that the Excelsior or something? No, it was the evil Enterprise D. So nice. There nice. You go. But, yeah, that trailer dropped. I'm sure everybody's seen it, so check it out. Um, next one here comes from... Brought him a 76 and, of course, Survey news. That will always be done. <laughs> For Transformer 4, Stanley Tucci has joined. He's announced that. he's. Uh, I've always heard of this guy. Who is Stanley Tucci? I've always heard that name. He's a character actor. He's been in a lot of movies. Um... He
4: was uh, Dr. Erskine in uh, Captain America. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Captain America here in the Hunger
2: Games are like a, a, probably his most recent. I was like, Okay, I didn't know who he was. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be in the new um, uh, Transformers 4. So uh, and what row we don't know. So thank you, Mr. Rodimus 76, for your submission. Rodimus 76 also has a link to the new Man of Steel trailer that everybody's jizzing over. So uh, check that out if you already haven't. Uh, next one here, and we only got a few more. And ooh, this is from the Geek Tyrant, and this uh-huh. is from Rodimus 76 again. Oh man. Star Wars movies will be released every summer starting in 2015. Oh, man. So if what? you a plane that you've never had enough Star Wars, it's been announced by a Disney and Lucasfilm at CinemaCon in Las Vegas that Star Wars Episode Seven will be released in theaters sometime in the summer of 2015. They also said from every summer from there on out, they will release another Star Wars and explain that they will ha- they will alternate the episodic films with, the standalone, with standalone films. So uh, they didn't offer any real um, other information on what they were going to do. So, mm-hmm. so it sounds like they're going to be doing uh, ones with the main story and then maybe standalones like uh, Adventures with Bobo Fett or something like that.
3: Oh, <laughs> shit.
2: <laughs> Playtime with Chewbacca. Um, I just want them to release the, uh, Christmas, the Christmas special. There you so, go. <laughs> they need to remake it <laughs> for theaters. Thank you, Mr. Rodimus76 for your submission. All I,
3: all, all I know is that someone needs to call 911 because somewhere Mr. Bashido's had a heart attack after seeing this news. <laughs> and, is, is that heart attack because
2: he's happy or what?
3: I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave it to the audience to decide. <laughs> the next one here comes from
2: the Foul Sorceress, and of course he says here this is non- Mecca or sci-fi related, but in kind of a way it might be. And it's talking about here in the star.com that uh, Canadian supergroup Rush, Woo! their own stamp in Canada. Oh, man. Ahead the, yeah. ahead of them going in finally into the Hall of Fame. Nice. Hall of Fame. Neil Peart so, on some postage. Get out of here, dude. Yeah, Actually, <laughs> um, actually well, of course, one's like that Starman logo. Mm-hmm. Which, so, um, yeah, there's going to be. <laughs> gonna be some um canadian stamps so I, I would appreciate maybe if if somebody was nice to one of our canadian listeners uh, uh maybe sending me <laughs> it was, I, I could pay you through paypal it's not a big deal but i, I think that'd be kind of cool to see because um i think it might be a little difficult for me to get canadian postage i don't know i don't know how how all that would work uh in that whole situation there so um but yeah cool Canadian Supergroup fi- rush finally getting in the Hall of Fame. They were being they were screwed for so many years. So many other crappier acts got in before that.
3: So um, that's the truth. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh, last one here comes from Vent Noir again. Wow, he was really, really busy. Um, and this is coming from IO9. And he, he says here it's uh since it concerns my home country in a cartoon I remember from childhood, he had to share this. And it's this very interesting article about and i was talking with
4: solbro and chris
2: before we started recording that i've noticed this cartoon from the 80s has um kind of like been all over the internet lately and that's the uh the 80s cartoon mask Mm -hmm. and it's talking about oh i guess there's an episode (laughs) that's a super racist australian vacation It's, uh, the episode's called Sacred Rock, and it's got extra stereotypical American couple taking pictures at Ayers Rock in Australia. And, um, he sees, like, uh, but they, they take pictures of, like, aborigines worshipping the rock, and, uh, there's, there's, just a lot, <laughs> there's just a lot of stuff. It <laughs> just, um, sounds like it would not have passed the censors in today's age. And uh, <laughs> you go talking about all the little things about this. But it, yeah, it seems like this, um, I'm seeing a lot more of this, um, this cartoon. So it um, be interesting to see what happens with that. It actually, might be one of those things from the 80s that could be a, a cool live-action adaptation if they kind of did it right. Mm-hmm. So it oh, always did have kind of a cool uh, uh, premise there of wearing different masks or headgears to control uh, what was it? Web? You had uh, you controlled specialized uh, vehicles that would do like two different things. And I mm-hmm. think the I think the masks had their own little like heat ray or something like that too, didn't they? They
3: had, they had different abilities that allowed them to, to pilot those vehicles. But I, I forget what specifically they are. But yeah, they 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 would in, 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 endow their user with uh, different abilities, I believe
2: yeah and the vehicles would be like, Okay, this is uh normal jeep. I remember one being a jeep and it opened up and it was like a like an airboat or something like that, mm-hmm. so, of course, you know airboat with guns and stuff so uh but yeah, so yeah check that out it's actually it's actually a pretty amusing article <laughs> <laughs> it tells you how far we've come or gone back, I don't don't know it's it's, it's very interesting when you read stuff like that, but uh, thank you Mr. Bent Noir, for your submission and thank you all, all those who had submitted articles, and if you ever have any articles to submit, always go to the Neos Listener Submitted News article thread in the Mecha Talk section of the Gundam Forum, and uh, with that I guess I will now bring this over
3: to Soulbro. And the hopers and dreamers corner with chris <laughs> well don't get your hopes up we actually started kind of late today so um, we're gonna get into uh, some hopers and hopes and dreams next episode so uh, if anything so
2: Solbro is crushing hopes and dreams
3: today. hey man sometimes, I, sometimes have I have to
2: still wanted their hopes and dreams <laughs> addressed and uh, empowered by soul and then thus crushed by chris um had them all crushed
3: today
4: so do it, wow well look, look at it this way mm-hmm. grumpy cat is pleased either way
3: nice, oh, nice. direct do direct do your complaints to brian williams at nbc <laughs> <laughs> he'll be glad to hear from you
2: brian williams and grumpy cat are amused. there you go there you go all right well since we're not having any hopes and dreams to to uh to validate or crush, uh, we will go into our first seg first and only segment of this episode, which is going to be the nostalgia effect. You're listening to Gundam MHQ. <laughs>
0: This is Stephanie Shea, and you're listening to Gundam at MAHQ.
1: In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. In the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the heat of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with your sanity intact. And this is not that podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Enemy Podcast. Oh, wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Greetings, I am Andrew Cook, the host of Pretentious Internet Theater.
3: Each month, I bring you the finest in literature that internet fan
4: fiction has to offer. Join us, won't you, at tinyurl.com pitpodcast. Remember,
1: there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theater. In a world where podcasting is king... You are listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Has had an apocalypse. Oh shit. On Goddamn it, MHQ. Huh. <laughs> Rising from the ashes of Vietnam 2 comes Goddamn and MHQ.
4: Okay, so uh, we are back and our topic that we so uh, vaguely teased before is the nostalgia effect. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking about two things here in this segment. And the first is the increasing use of nostalgia, particularly 80s and 90s nostalgia, to appeal to people uh, with various products. And also looking back at some things from that time that have not aged well. So what inspired me with this topic was if you uh, didn't recognize what we were joking about just now, is the trailer from the upcoming standalone expansion for Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon, which is a totally neon 80s cyberpunk, uh, Terabad-inspired crazy fest.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Completely VHS filter.
4: (laughs) Yes, you really owe it to yourself to watch this trailer, which features um, really horrible quality VHS... And anyone who's from that time can recall um, bad video footage when you have something taped over something else, mm-hmm. and there's a commercial for really nasty, uh, like sausage pancakes, and some lady working out, and then we switch to this fake '80s cartoon show with cyborgs and craziness and and uh, curse words.
3: Course <laughs> words. <laughs>
4: and then we get mixed in some footage from this expansion which features 80s star michael bean as the main character a cyber commando named rex power Colt.
3: hell yes (laughs) (laughs) what a great name (laughs) yes
4: and if that wasn't enough 80s terribleness for you there's also a live action trailer you can watch that's five minutes called blood dragon the cyber war that features totally live action actors and a fight between Rex Power Colt and a robot with the uh, neon katanas. Nice and cheesy dialogue.
3: Yeah, what would it be without that? <laughs> <laughs>
4: So uh, just quickly, we might as well talk about this specific title and example of what we're talking about. Uh, Sobro, your your thoughts on this uh, expansion based on uh, what you've seen so far with these trailers. I I
3: know that the 80s are in... uh... Are, are are popular again, and some of some of this fascist styles have been coming back from that but um this this trailer and this game capitalize on on just the 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 comeback of the eighties it's it's funny I just recently watched a uh a documentary on the uh the the, the net sorry national geographic about the eighties and then uh this trailer dropped, and I was just sucked in um the visuals are pretty nice uh the, the the neon um highlights and and that little what they used to show in a lot of 80s movies is a like kind of a, a neon graph <laughs> that it would show on the screen and it would bend towards bend away from the from the viewer they have that in this video and it's freaking ridiculous so you can it, we mentioned mask earlier that show has the same thing in it and um just see all these touches and and elements from from different 80s movies is is a is a very fun thing about the game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm starting to get around to playing first person shooters, and I'm really intrigued to try this one out, given the the source material. So um, yeah, I know it's shocking, but but having michael bean in it is a great touch i've seen a lot of his movies of course we all know him from aliens and of course uh navy seals and this game has references to that and but,
4: terminator
3: oh of course terminator, terminator and, and and elements about this game definitely borrow from Tem- terminator hardcore um and, and also uh other movies like the running man and whatnot too you know the just just the look of it is is amazing but uh i, I hope it's yeah, not shallow true. what's that it's game over for you. <laughs> it's game over. <laughs> I don't do requests, <laughs> but I I hope it's a fun experience. I know I expect it to be shallow, but I, I just hope that there is a, uh, you know, it, 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 I, I'm expecting good quality and and if anything, uh, those are my initial thoughts on on Blood Dragon.
4: All right, Neo. Your thoughts on Blood Dragon, based on what you've seen with these videos?
2: Well, the if I, I was sitting there when I was watching the live action one, I was uh, just kind of wishing to myself if I could watch the whole movie. Because uh, as I'm sitting there watching it, I'm like, this is only five minutes long. Why, why, why can't, why can't there be another like 120 minutes to make this a full movie? <laughs> How did we get to this point? <laughs> I wanted to see cuz it, it yeah, it's it's got all that. It's got all that uh cheese factor in it, you know. You can definitely tell it was um filmed on a sound stage. <laughs> got like you know, you you got the over the top neon effects and then the uh, the the what is it? The skyline of LA in the background that's just uh definitely blowing up. yeah, blowing up and also it's definitely, you know, it's not part of um not part of the soundstage; it was put in there afterwards. <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> it's just so silly. Fighting into androids, which you could tell have like just normal stuff you would buy at the uh, at a hardware store, like the tubing and all this on them, and it kind of has that uh, Power Rangers effect to it too, because you're sitting there with some of the action, and it brings it brings it kind of all full circle. And you know, it I, I think that I think it's an interesting it's an interesting way of of, of marketing this stuff, and um, I, I think with Something like this, where the you know the game itself it helps to do that because you can just see that there's going to be just that lightheartedness with it. So I think with something like this, it works really well. But um, you know, I think unfortunately, uh, because if things like this do well, we're just going to start seeing uh, a lot more of this, and maybe not as good quality or or done as creatively as something like this has been done so and the um the cartoon version is pretty funny too because <laughs> it's got that it's got that uh 80s uh appeal got that of gi joe yeah
4: look and, it, it, G. I. Joe and like every other cartoon from this era like mask and all these other yeah. dumb action cartoons yeah something, and,
3: something about it reminds me of spiral zone as well which is a, a obscure cartoon from the 80s and it's funny because this this that the the, the a, the cartoon
2: one's only about a, a minute, minute and a half long, and it already seems smarter than the old G.I. Joe cartoons. <laughs> I, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wow, this, this, this seems just better than any old dumbass G.I. Joe with, cartoon. With more cursing. Yeah, because, <laughs> uh, you know, not too long ago, it, you, you, have to, you have to revel in the fact that you have Netflix now, because... I like the fact that they they bring a lot of this old stuff, and I'm sitting there and I watched g i Joe not too long ago just to see because I really don't the only the only episodes I've really ever remembered at GI Joe was when they played hockey with their guns.
3: Remember that one? <laughs> I remember where that shit. Like part, I, I think it was like part the part Weather the Dominator episode. episode where they're trying to get the part, and it's it's shaped like a hockey puck, and they're yeah. on like a, a lake or something, and um, it's Cobra <laughs> and GI Joe trying to cure uh, to, to grab that um that piece, I, and I they had to a, play hockey with it. <laughs> I was expecting,
2: I was expecting like
3: you know um you know voiceovers coming in saying who's
2: well GI Joe's got the advantage of the power play now you know power play for the next (laughs) minute and a half but yeah it was so stupid but i watched the first episode of gi joe and my god was it dumb and (laughs) and and just looking at that looking at that first like 20 minutes of gi joe and looking at this it's like you know, knowing that this, this whole thing is done in jest and, and, and done just as kind of, you know, basically that nostalgia feel because most of the people that are creating this now, most of these people creating these games and, and a lot of these people in, and that are in uh, movies and TV shows now, they're all the kids that – they were all kids during the 80s, so a lot of this stuff is uh, is creeping up. But, yeah, I, I, I definitely think uh, Blood Dragon is definitely amusing, and if you haven't uh, checked it out, uh, definitely check it out, even if you're not a fan of the 80s because – uh, I know there's a lot of this nostalgia stuff, but this is actually one that's done, I think, done pretty well for the most part. So, and, a, and like I said, a great way to um, uh, you know generate excitement about their upcoming game. So,
4: mm-hmm. yeah, this definitely fits the definition of going viral with something and getting your point across. And what I see in both of these trailers, the game trailer that features you know uh, bio panthers and. Uh, <laughs> Mechanical robot dragons that shoot lasers out of their eyes. Yeah. Maybe that's a T-Rex. I I can't tell. Maybe it's a T-Rex dragon robot. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Sure. certainly possible. I'd just say yes on that. Sure. Why not? (laughs) T-Rex, robot T-Rex dragon with eye lasers. Sure. What you see is evident in these two trailers is that uh, these people have uh, a deep nostalgia for the 80s, but they're also not blinded by it. And that's the important thing because they very clearly recognize and you can see it in these trailers that there was a lot of crap in the 80s it was not all sparkling and wonderful because a lot of people and not just people you know of of our generation the three of us us hosts have this nostalgia for the past but people always have a nostalgia for the past but it's always misremembered as some um time where everything was always better you know uh things weren't as violent as they are now and you know, the news wasn't full of crazy events and you know, uh, politics wasn't so crazy and the music was better and the TV shows were better. And you know, the uh, video game, everything was better, but you know, I'm sure if you went back to when we were all kids Mm -hmm. at that time, And say, you talk to our parents, they would probably think that, oh, you know, right now in the 70s and 80s, everything is so terrible. and It was all better in the 50s and blah, blah, blah. You go back to the 50s and ask your grandparents and they'll say the same thing. It just keeps going backwards and backwards. Everyone always thinks that, you know, an earlier time from where they were now was better than now. And usually that memory is wrong. Yeah. So a lot of the nostalgia I see of not just the 80s but of past times there's always like this idealized notion that the past was better and that's not true the past usually has not been better
2: yeah and I I think you uh, bring up a great point with these these, um, these two trailers is the fact of yes it is it is an homage to uh, the 80s and the stuff like that but like you said they're not sitting there saying oh this was a golden time of just incredible storytelling and, and great characters and you know all this no it was just a lot of dumb stuff that just sounded stupid i mean that the, the yeah. when they're it's talking just as a,
4: much dumb stuff then as there is now
2: when they're talking about the apocalypse of the apocalypse i mean that's just dumb <laughs> but
4: it works <laughs> because that's how stupid
2: those things are
4: I mean, and and the uh, the toxic fumes of Vietnam War, too. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Nice.
2: (laughs) Because you're right. I mean, these these were different times. I mean, um, in the 80s, Vietnam was a very it was a the recent war. I think what the U.S. got out of Vietnam, like what, in the mid 70s. -hmm. So that's still pretty relevant there. And and. You know, you look at all those old what was it those old Chuck Norris movies, the Missing in Actions, they're yes. all about they're all about saving uh prisoners that somehow weren't released during the Vietnam War and stuff and Or so Rainbow 2, Rainbow 2. Yeah, it was the, it was the same thing. So that's why you have these things in it and it just sounds so Or I so, should say
4: technically First Blood Part 2.
2: First Blood Part 2, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and then um yeah, because every, so every
4: Arnold Schwarzenegger movie of the '80s, you can see those <laughs> present in, uh, in this yeah. trick for Far Cry.
2: And the, and the fact of like, um, you know, anything robotic was like this. This super, it, it was going to be super advanced, you know. And of course, all of these soldiers are going to have these cybernetic implants and be, you know, uh, you know, super strong and and crazy and all this stuff and. Yeah and also what's amusing is
4: in this future of Blood Dragon it's mm-hmm. 2007 yeah <laughs>
2: That's that yeah that's the that's the other thing that kills you yeah that
4: that imagined future of theirs is already our past and none of it happened nice it's like uh, it's
2: like tra- it's transformers generation 1 mm-hmm. was it all 2005 or something like I know the movie, yeah, it's movie. the
4: movie
3: the movie was 2005 and the the, yeah. the season after that was 2006
2: yeah and, and you look at
3: it and it's like
4: none of that happened yeah none, none of, of that, of happened. Of it's that happened. happened it's like no so cars was, no giant yeah. robots no moon bases
2: i mean hell we even get that it, it's stuff we we talked earlier about um, um, what is it? Uh, Pat labor, the Pat labor. Animated? Yes, yeah, yes. Pat indeed. labor
4: being uh, set in 1999, or <laughs> yeah. SBT Lazener having um, U.S. and Soviet Mars bases in
3: 1996. <laughs> yeah. It's- anyway, uh, if, you, gonna- if you go way back to uh, Lost in Space, that was supposed to take place toward at the turn of the century as well. That uh, that TV show. So it's just you know, there's so many things that just are laughable now.
4: <laughs> but. The, the craziest that expansion, I think, also works because if you go back to the original Far Cry, that game was clearly inspired by cheesy action movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. So
4: we see um, nostalgia in many forms, a lot with video games. For example, uh, Mega Man 9 and 10, mm-hmm. a Capcom that were digital releases but done in the 8-bit style of yep. the first six NES games.
3: Yep, there's uh, there's also um, a game that was recently released. It's uh, based on the fighting game series called Phantom Breaker. It's uh, Phantom Breaker uh, da, 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 Battlegrounds. It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up like Double Dragon. Um, and it's, it's made to it look like a 16-bit game, which it's it looks pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: And then um, you had more recently the Epic Mickey game on 3DS that was yes. kind of aping the style of Castle of Illusion, mm-hmm. which itself is now getting remade as a uh, digital title. DuckTales, getting remade as a digital title.
3: Yep. You got also uh, Scott Pilgrim, which came out a little while ago, and uh, Double Dragon Neon as well.
4: And uh, also, quite recently, and full disclosure, that I backed Shovel Knight on Kickstarter, which is Ah. a side-scrolling action game that is kind of in the vein of DuckTales. Oh, wow, that's cool. But also looks like it has interesting... Gameplay. So the question I think with nostalgia, and this is something that I that I think about every time there's one of these new titles, whether it's a game or a, an anime or you know a T-shirt design on T Fury, because there's tons of those. Right. Every single day, pretty much everything <laughs> on on T Fury is some kind of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So the question I ask myself on a case-by-case basis, which are these titles or, or items or merchandises, is this nostalgia that's having fun for a purpose, or is it just nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia that's trying to get me to buy something?
3: Cash grab, basically, yeah. Yes.
4: Is it just a cash grab, or is there some purpose behind it? And if you look at something like, say, Blood Dragon, it looks like it's nostalgia with a purpose of, hey, look how cheesy and horrible uh, things were back in the 80s, but horrible <laughs> and cheesy in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think
2: um, I would, if, if you're probably to do it like on a percentage thing, I think maybe about less than 20% are actually done in kind of the fun way. I think for the most part right now at this point in time, I think a lot of this stuff is just being intentionally done because they know that it's a cash grab. I mean, you, you I mean, you just look at like all the things they want to remake as movies and stuff like that. I mean, they, yeah. they you know, right now that demographic, the... The, the 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 children of the 80s, they are the ones that are, you know, in their prime earning years and all this stuff, that you know, and they're the ones... And it's worked of, in
4: some cases, like yeah. uh, Transformers, not so much in some others, like uh, Battleship and all Ooh. of the other associated... Um
3: even the GI Joe movies, movies are, have been canceled. what about uh, Evil Dead which recently came out um you know that I think that movie came out in 1980 <laughs> the original and um
4: well it was filmed yeah. in the 70s but it came out in 1981 so yep. but yeah the the new Evil Dead definitely sort of uh that that's a weird one because hits I, on on everything that was in the old movie but also in a recognizably like funny and bad way
2: <laughs> yeah the horror movies though are a little bit different i think cuz the, yeah there's just kind of there's a nostalgia with them, but I don't know if it's necessarily a, a time period like, you know, the 80s. I think a lot of it's just because you have like some of those those horror movies that are kind of landmark like e- Evil Dead. You yeah. know, it's like and for whatever reason, um, it just anything being remade right now. I'll, for the most part, Hollywood's going to do it because, uh, you know, it, it's kind of hit or miss. But a lot of times they've been. Hitting a lot more on these remakes, but which has got
3: yeah. me scared for the horror, RoboCop remake coming out.
4: Horror is kind of tricky because um, yeah, you know it's it depends on the time that something's being done in the way. Like if you look back to 1996 when the first Scream came out, mm-hmm. that was a great movie because it was yeah. it was tearing apart all of these cliches of all of these stupid 80s slasher movies. It was the yeah. first
3: meta horror movie as well.
4: Yeah, it was a, it was totally meta. It was funny. You know, you were in on the joke. But then, unfortunately, it became a cliche itself. Yep. Yeah. And then you look more recently at a movie like Cabin in the Woods, which, again, is playing with those same cliches that you all know about of the teenagers going to the cabin and having sex and everything. Oh, yeah. And then flips it around entirely to uh, create a totally different movie.
3: Yeah which uh, now now after seeing that movie all of the horror movies are held to the to the cabin in the woods test
4: <laughs> pretty much because as i started watching the new evil dead which was in a screening with bruce campbell by the way oh shit just, just to toss that out there you bastard brag. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little humble brag what? um as soon as that that first scene opens with uh, this i thinking to myself how is this movie going to compare to cabin in the woods
3: yeah. it's a good question because <laughs> the movie takes so, everything
4: I, i'm curious before we move on of if you guys have any examples of things you think are nostalgia just for cash grabs i have one and that i don't know if you guys had played this the uh modern remake of turtles in time oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: I, I own i own it it's quite atrocious yeah it's it's not good and um here uh, my, my complaint about that game is that um on the nes they added extra stages and i was hoping that in the um,
4: super NES. in the
3: uh, super nes thank you on the super nes they added extra stages which i would hope would translate to the um, the home version when they when they when they remade it for consoles but it just made it straight on the arcade version so that was that was already disappointing to me right off the bat but yeah it it's, also it's,
4: controls horribly and has bad graphics
3: thank you sir
2: <laughs> that it does for a game i don't really have anything cuz i try to stay away from bad games so, <laughs> oh, damn. I, 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 a,
4: game, a game can fool you because, yeah. you know, I should be—I was a huge Turtles fan yeah. in, uh, in the day. I had all three games on the NES. I had the Super NES. I had the first two on Game Boy. I had so many toys. I had all of this crap. I should have been the prime sucker to get reeled in <laughs> and buy that Turtles in Time remake sight unseen. But... I was cautious. Mm-hmm. I played the demo. I said to myself, "This is garbage. I am not going to buy this game because this is filth."
2: Yeah, it, w- it was. Is a it, Is it bad because the source material was bad, or is it just bad
4: because no, I mean, the, the source no. material? It's still good. Is one of the best arcade games yeah. ever made. Yeah,
3: you could play the ROM, or you could play the ROM of the arcade game, or you could play the ROM of the um, of the of the Super NES game right. and, well, and have a great time. And and that and that, I think that's see that that's
2: a weird thing because. It, you know, I think a lot of times with this nostalgia stuff, sometimes they do the nostalgia because of, of you know, the nostalgia factor, but the source material was bad to mm-hmm.
0: begin
4: yeah. with. Well, in this Where case, this the source was material they, was good, yeah. but just the yeah. people that made the remake did it not just, do a good job, and they produced an inferior product.
2: Yeah, that's 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 definitely... Uh, yeah, I, tr- I try not to get into the, the nostalgia, uh, the glass thing, because... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big, and, and I mean, I've, I've stated it before, I'm not a big person on remakes as it is. So I don't, you know, especially like you talked about, you can have emulators now. So mm-hmm.
3: why,
2: why even bother sometimes trying to get a remake of something?
3: I, I don't, I, I, I like remakes when they're games because a lot of times those games you didn't get to play with anybody online. And it allows for that opportunity, you know, since, you know, you don't have a lot of time to get together with friends and and play. If you can get online and get a good session going of Turtles or some other old school game you used to play, that's a whole new experience. And I dig that. I just like a a few new bells and whistles added to the game and and for it to be a faithful port, that's that's very well done. And and fortunately, a lot of them have been. Um, It's just that Turtles, yeah, definitely had um, it it was a bad port overall. And I I don't know why they didn't spend more time on perfecting that.
4: I think also the thing about a remake is given how expensive games are to release, especially even digital titles, which you still have to, you know, pay money to have those things put Mm -hmm. up on these networks like Sony or Xbox. Uh, they know that they can't just appeal to that core audience and make money because if they could, then now they would just slap up the old ROM. So they're trying to appeal to, they're trying to appeal to two audiences. The audience is familiar with that product And then those that are not familiar at all, like, for example, this upcoming HD remake of DuckTales. Yep. You know, you could just put out uh, that ROM, which maybe it's on Virtual Console and on the Wii. I don't know. But you could put that up. Probably a bunch of people would buy it, but by doing an HD remake with modern graphics and uh, some modes like easier difficulty and some things here and there, you're trying to appeal to an audience that doesn't even know what DuckTales is, but maybe <laughs> it'll get them interested in games like this and that sort of thing. Same thing with uh, Castle of Illusion, it was just announced. We haven't seen any gameplay from it, but same idea. You know, How many people um, ultimately know what Castle of Illusion is from the early 90s on Genesis, but might play a nice HD looking side scroller.
3: That's, that's a big question. Um,
4: so they're trying to appeal to two masters and it's a fine line to walk because, yeah. you know, obviously uh, with certain people, they're going to want things to be exactly like they were before. So for example, with DuckTales, mm-hmm. from what I've read, you can play it uh, in OG mode, where ev- the difficulty and everything is exactly the way it was in the NES, mm-hmm. or the kindler gentler new mode, where you have uh, easier difficulty.
3: Not only that, but um, they they have a, a remix mode. I'm not sure if it uh, if it falls into uh, one of the two categories, but they changed a, a lot of the the boss fights. They've extended them in that new Ducktales game, so there's like added elements and, and it, just just from, um. Just from what I used to play back in the day. This, DuckTales is a very easy game to go through. And um, on higher difficulties, they, they changed a lot of the interactions with the bosses. So um, I'm looking forward to that when that game does come out.
4: Yeah. Or another thing, which I'm surprised Solbro hasn't mentioned, the mm-hmm. uh, Capcom Arcade cabinet. Yeah. recently downloaded. Mm-hmm. It's customizable between um, you know, Japanese and international version, you can adjust the difficulty, you can adjust your number of lives, whether you continue have continues or not. So they're they're trying to appeal to those two audiences because you know if you release an old school port of a game and make it easier and don't include that harder old school option you're gonna have a lot of pissed off people complaining about it
3: absolutely and it's like what's the point
4: <laughs> I mean, even I w- someone like me i may not complain about it because you know I, I try to practice what i preach and not go to the internet raging about every little annoyance yeah you know i may not be on on twitter or some blogger somewhere complaining about ducktails it's made for babies now <laughs> But I would certainly be slightly displeased. Yeah, I,
3: I want that experience I had when I was a kid because I want to see how old I am now. <laughs> the games I can't beat. The dungeons. Uh, sorry, uh, Ghouls and Ghosts was a tough game to beat uh, way back in the day, that's but a to tough play game
4: anytime. And, game and just pure sadism.
3: Exactly, but uh, to play it now in my thirties, man, shit. I'll probably get won't get past the first stage.
4: You know, I'm. <laughs> I'm no better at either of those games now than I was back then. Yeah.
3: I, 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 could, I, could, I could say I beat it back in the day, but I don't think I'll beat it now. I don't have the temperance for well, I think I think a
2: lot of it too is people tend to forget that those games in the eighties, most of them were on arcades. Yep, quarter crunchers. So they were quarter they were there to make money, so that's why they were just yeah. so
4: awfully hard. Mm-hmm. But they were even awfully hard on the NES when, yes. when the quarter yeah, crunching which was not the well, they were just
3: straight ports, yeah. And you had limited, you had limited uh, continues it as was, well, which yeah. was the biggest bitch of them all.
4: Or in those very early days, where you had technological hurdles, where you didn't have batteries in the cartridges to save games. Mm-hmm. You know, like the like you know the original Mega Man on the NES, no passwords know anything you had to play through that entire game in one sitting there was no way to save your progress or get a password
3: i remember that just put it on pause and let that thing just (laughs) yeah Yeah, i
4: tried i could yeah i could never get very far in that game in uh in the 80s and then when i went back on the ps2 collection i finally had built up all of the skills i needed to beat that game
3: oh yeah I remember having a hard time. I, I actually beat Mega Man 2 before I beat Mega Man 1 back in the day, and not being yeah. able to save or, or get a password was a bitch, and you, I just left that game running all day in order to beat it. <laughs>
4: And in other cases uh, the Final Fantasy 1 remake on PSP. Mm-hmm. Good god, is that so much easier than the NES version? <laughs> you are telling me? That NES version was hideously difficult. God
3: damn, it right was along so. There hard. With the
4: original Dragon Warrior, but yep. anyway, to wrap up this seg this part of the segment, I think um, the the point we're trying to make is when it comes to nostalgia, there is definitely a fine line between something that, you know, enjoys that nostalgia Versus just a blatant cash grab. And it's not something that is easily discernible. And you have to judge everything on a case-by-case level. Like, for example, this game Shovel Knight that I backed on Kickstarter mm-hmm. to get the 3DS version. You know, while it certainly has that 80s nostalgia in the graphics. What hooked me in about the game, at least from what I saw in the video, was the gameplay. So that, to me, was my primary concern. It's like, yeah, it's cool that it's an 8-bit graphics style. Mm-hmm. But it looks fun to play.
3: And another recommendation I could throw out there is a game called Evoland. Um recently came out, it's an indie game on the PC. Basically, it takes the motif of an old school 8-bit RPG and you start out with practically nothing. Um, and, and you unlock things like um, when you when you go through the first stage, uh, one of the things you unlock is story and then <laughs> you unlock the ability to have money. And then later on, the graphics in- uh, increase and it's like you have unlocked 16 bit mode and mode seven and things like that. But it plays really hardcore on how old school RPGs used to be. And it's called Evoland because the game evolves as you play it along. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a love letter to a lot of uh, old school RPGs.
4: Well, the funny thing, though, is when you say old-school RPGs, mm-hmm. and I believe you're talking about JRPGs.
3: Uh, games like Dragon Warrior and Final Fantasy 1 yeah, and things like that. Yep.
4: If you look at it, man, this is sort of a tangent of this, but kind of relevant, JRPGs really have not evolved much. They really haven't, to be honest. Yeah. And while some the people... have. <laughs> the <laughs> graphics have, it. but the mechanics yeah. really have not. Saying. And I see a lot of people who get suckered into playing JRPGs, and they'll say, like, oh, this, you know... Random Tales game or this other... It's cool because it reminds me of, um, you know, old school RPGs. It's like, but that's really not the way you should be looking at it. The question is, is it a good game on its own rather than just an archaic representation of something that hasn't even evolved since the '80s,
3: yeah, that's true. I mean, because in look some
4: at, ways, JRPGs have not moved forward at all since the '80s and '90s. So just
3: look, just look at um uh, the modern RPG, like uh, Fallout Fall or uh, Fallout Three or Mass Effect, and see how groundbreaking those games are. And you can see yeah. the time capsule that JRPGs are still stuck in. I know a lot of people over there are trying, but um the Japanese seem to be stuck and stuck wearing nostalgia glasses, and that's not a good some, thing for the genre.
4: Sometimes they've they've broken out of it. Like for example much to write a game but one that i love dearly final fantasy 12. yes very different from yeah. the traditional jrpg i don't i don't then,
2: think they're i don't think they're stuck in uh nostalgia glasses though in japan i think that's I mean, more of a think business just model thing
4: they're not stuck in nostalgia yeah. glass, they just have not evolved the gameplay
2: yeah yeah they, they, it's it's there because i mean we've even talked about it when it comes to different animes and stuff that they're kind of in that if it ain't broke, don't fix it mode. Yeah, but it's broken. So.
4: <laughs> not to them, though. I mean, yeah. that's. Not to the, them when they're still selling those Blu rays yeah. and those Gunpla and yeah. uh, those manga the RPGs,
2: tightens. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you, you know, once again, we're looking at it at a different thing. We don't, we are not Japanese. We don't live in their market. And they're based on their business model. That's, you know, to them, if an if RPG is pretty much the same thing for the last. 20 years, but it, each year they, they bring, it, bring it out, it's still selling millions and millions of units and they're making a profit on it. They're not going to change it. There's really no incentive to, to do that. I mean, it's, it's kind of, um, not to get in a business discussion, but it's kind of what happened to American companies in the 70s and 80s when Japanese companies came over to the United States. Jap- American companies, you know, America did not always was the innovation giant when it came to all this stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. Through the 50s, 60s, and 70s, a lot of the large companies did the same thing every year, and they didn't—they—they they had the same "if it ain't broke, don't fix it" thing. So at, right. that's a—that's a, that's a cultural—that's a cultural thing, I think, on them, when it when it comes to that.
4: So moving on, I think uh, we should get in a couple of examples to wrap up of looking back at our own levels of nostalgia. Some things that we've seen that. Um, don't quite hold up the way they used to. So, Sobro, what are some examples of things for you that uh, maybe you've replayed or rewatched or reread that um, don't have that same thing for you anymore?
3: Oh, for me, it's mainly 80s cartoons. Um, we've mentioned this before, but you go back and watch um, a lot of 80s cartoons and they do not hold up. And You could see them for the toy commercials that they are. Um, some movies, even uh, <laughs> from the 80s, like the. Uh, I don't know, uh I, I didn't realize this when I saw it as a kid, but uh the original the original Gremlins, a little racist. <laughs>
4: Just a little well, bit I, racist. I haven't, I haven't seen the original Gremlins in maybe fifteen years, so yeah. Refresh us with what you mean specifically? Um, there was something about, um, the, 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 well, the,
3: the, like way, Chinese, the way, the way the Chinese do, um, the, 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 something with the, the, the brother that's in the movie and how the, the gremlins are depicted, um, mm-hmm. when they, when they're acting, uh, uh, the, the way they're acting, it's, it's, it's very jigabooish um, uh, that's, that's, that's okay. the main thing that comes to mind. And that's one of the reasons why you haven't seen that movie, um, on television or anything like that. You have to, you have to pretty much find it through methods now though. You'll find gremlins too all day long because they realized their mistake and, um, uh, they made sure that movie uh, with the gremlins they lamp a whole <laughs> lamp a whole lot of different other uh, stereotypes and not just black people but yeah that's that's the big thing there uh, when it comes to 80s cartoons definitely mask as 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 neil brought up earlier in the news um, that's just a show to, to sell toys actually some of the better shows from the 80s that were actually w- are watchable today because a lot of them are not when it comes to cartoons uh, spiral zone is one of those that was ahead of its time and um, it was written by j michael straczynski um, there's that and uh, of course Robot. Tech. he also
4: wrote a lot of the real Ghostbusters.
3: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And that's a show that's actually watchable. But most of those cartoons from the 80s, man, just toy grabs, man. I mean, it's a toy commercials for the most part. And uh, some of them do have at least value when it comes to humor. But um, the, the writing is not all that great. <laughs> but that's my, that's my primary example.
4: Okay. Neo, any uh, examples of things that have not held up for you over the years?
2: Yeah, probably um a lot of those old action films you would see, um, you know, late at night on, on HBO, like like I said, like those missing in actions mm-hmm. and, and uh, of course the Rambos. Like, you know, First First Blood was a good movie, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. but then you got it was first grounded.
4: Blood. It was this crazy yeah. Vietnam vet who was going nuts and killing all these cops and you know that was uh, understandable for the time because you had all of these vets suffering PTSD, although I don't know if they even called it that back then and it was uh a grounded thing, but then the all the subsequent movies, especially two and three, just became em up oh, yeah. fests.
2: Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of that. I mean, there, there, there's, you know, the the only the only ones that are, you know, that are, are kind of normal are some of the Dirty Harry movies, even though they get a little outlandish. They're they're okay. <laughs> well, a lot of them.
4: Well, <laughs> most of those came out in the 70s only the last two came out in the 80s yeah. so I like but, the deadpool okay. deadpool yeah. i think uh the one before that was it sudden death yes yes Sudden so, death. yeah yeah but
2: but yeah a lot of those uh like um you know and, and of course you'd have to put arnold schwarzenegger in a lot of them because you have a guy that's in the terminator which mm-hmm. is an 80s movie that you could still watch today I, I still watch that movie every time i see it come on tv and i mean it, it's you know it's just a solid movie yeah it's you know some of the the effects and all that are dated. It was a very
4: low budget movie, but for but, for what James Cameron had to work with, it's a great movie that holds up. But then you look at something like, say, The Running Man, which is just so, so freaking cheesy.
2: Yeah, and you know <laughs> it's it, it's it's just it's just really really bad. And of course, um, you know but, stuff like Voltron when it came to cartoons, mm-hmm. GI Joe that I mentioned. I know this will cause issues, but um you know generation one transformers is just ho, ho. so stupid and they and they all have the same thing is like okay you have the antagonist and then he's always has the you know the uh, the the dumb snibbler, plan for today the dumb plan for today that's always screwed up by his dumb lieutenants and you know it's just really just really stupid and yeah, they're toy. They're toy commercials. I don't have an issue with that because I think probably even now, today, and even shows even cartoons before that, were all toy commercials. But you can have a toy commercial, and it still be good. Like, yeah. you know, Transformers we were, Prime. Transformers yeah. Prime. You know, um, one that comes to mind that's the biggest thing is you know an anime that all of us love and and will watch is Gal Gadot. Yeah. I mean, that is one giant to- toy commercial because every. Every commercial break was, "Hey, look at this. Here's King Jader, you know. <laughs> here's, here's the Gal train." And, I mean and that, it was on that, but yet it's a solid thing. And, and I think for the most part, a lot of the cartoons in the '80s, they just um, they, 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 they forgot that you can have the toy commercial, but also have a, a pretty solid story. And that's why a lot of them just don't, I don't think, really hold up. That well, going back, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean it's, and, and, and you know I'm good with the nostalgia. I'm I'm good with stuff from the past. I have a lot of movies that are mine that are, are, are that are favorite movies of mine that hell were made even before my time um, that I like. But you know the thing is, is in the end they still have to be just a, a, a good story. And I think it all wraps back to the thing of is this is this are we using nostalgia? For what it is, or are we using it just as, hey, if we say make this look like it's from the 80s, all these idiots will buy it? Which, you know, a lot of times that does happen, you know.
5: And <laughs> I it's, it's we'll planned that.
2: It's, and it's, and it's that way. I mean, you know, there's probably certain things where they're like, hey, we make this flashy, it looks like it's the 80s. We know if, if we can get X amount of dollars within the first week of releasing it, then that's a success for us because we know, I mean, all that stuff's calculated, they know what they're doing. When it well, comes
3: to that stuff. So. Going back to what you said about movies, man. What about those old, uh, old school Chuck Norris movies, man? Like, yeah, like, they're
2: silly too. I, I mean, mean, missing
3: in action well, and uh, and, and Delta Force.
2: <laughs> even back then, yeah. they certainly don't hold up now. That's for sure. Oh, the missing no. in actions were like. Oh my God, they were they were so ridiculous. Like the one f- man and, army porn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and it was hilarious because the first one you could probably sit there and say it's not too bad. It's silly. It's one of those movies where it's like, okay, I, it's the suspension of belief, suspension of reality. I have no problem with that. But then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like, oh, my God. It's like Rambo 3. He takes on the Russian army in Afghanistan.
4: <laughs> I mean. With, those, uh, with all those awesome freedom fighters. Yeah. Quote
2: <laughs> yeah, freedom fighters. And, I mean, what is it? He goes head to head with that big, um, that big nasty armored uh, helicopter. That even the United States military never really wanted to face in combat. Mm-hmm. That that a, big, wasn't that a Hind? I think so. Yeah, it probably was. That big, huge helicopter that supposedly even the United States military—that was like the one. That was the one Russian weapon that they or Soviet even,
4: weapon. Even Solid Snake couldn't take it down easily. Woo,
2: yep. Not at all. <laughs> that, was, that was the one Soviet weapon the United States military really had no answer to and did not ever really want to face. Yet Rambo's up there with you know a shotgun and. <laughs> it's just just,
3: yeah so at at least chuck norris moved on to his magnum opus walker texas ranger (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah so
4: i got just a a couple of quick examples in uh video games i don't know how to classify this one because this game didn't exactly work for me back then and it still doesn't now and that would be zelda 2
3: oh wow that's actually my favorite zelda
4: I just don't. I don't like it. Wow, just,
3: it is so different I than don't, the other ones.
4: I don't. It's not that it's different. Mm-hmm. It's just that I don't like the way that it's different. Just if this game was not called Zelda, I don't think anyone would pay it any mind.
3: So you don't like Link sleeping with hookers for um for 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 health and for and, health. and all that? It was
4: GTA before GTA. Indeed, indeed. Was, <laughs> come <laughs> to my house and I will heal you.
3: Hot, hot, hot coffee. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't like that extremely difficult final boss. <laughs>
4: I, I, I don't like any of that game. But I didn't wow. even like it back then. So
3: I, I liked it a lot. I, it was the first. Actually, that's the first game I ever bought with my own money. And maybe I like it because of uh, the significance it is to me. But um, I had a hard time beating that game, and I didn't beat it for until like four years after I um, I got to the very end. I couldn't beat the last boss, and finally just knuckled down and did it four years later. So it, it holds some significance to me. Maybe it's the nostalgia, nostalgia glasses talking. But um, I do your like how different it is. Glasses, what are you no doubt. About? I, I, if if show was here, he would lamb base me because your, he
4: your nostalgia <laughs> glasses are permanently bolted onto your face. So. <laughs>
3: So, I guess the segment was made
4: just for me. Nice. Uh, a lot of cartoons don't hold up for me. Transformers G1 G One and GI Joe in particular. Mm-hmm. Just I, which one do you think is worse? GI Joe.
2: GI I think GI Joe. Yeah, too. Yeah. 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 Although I mean, did have a, stand, a few standout I. episodes. Generation One is. Mm-hmm. Man, GI Joe is just bad. That first episode, like
4: I'm just sitting there watching it, and I'm just like, this is just so dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it just gets dumber and dumber, and I couldn't bring myself to watch any more. Movies, definitely. Uh, a lot of the Chuck Norris, Sylvester Stallone. Um, man of Action films. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, all of these painfully dated movies like Red Heat and Cobra oh. and Woo-hoo. The Running Man. Uh, and this will be heresy for me to say so, but Rocky Four.
3: Oh, man. Rocky Four. Oh, is How dare you? How do yes, you feel about It, it is. This?
4: It's really it is. bad, dated American jingoism that plays like an action movie rather than a boxing drama, the way the first three movies were.
3: Exactly. How do you feel about uh, Commando? I have a soft spot for that film, Man, mainly mainly because of the one liners. I think the movie has incredible bad one liners, but they they just made that movie hilarious.
2: It is funny though, because if you think about it, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger are probably you know they're they're the best. They're the they're the best and worst examples of what was good and bad when it came to '80s movies. Because some of them were in great, great movies, mm-hmm. um, but some of those, a lot of the movies were just, oh, just atrocious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. Like over the top is a good movie, mm-hmm. but then you got you know Sylvester Stallone and, and uh, you know just some other just just terribly uh, bad bad movies. Like Cobra. Cobra. Oh God, just Oh. Jesus, I mean, and it's funny, too, because I know, I know that I give I give the 80s a lot of credit because I think in a lot of ways it was a time period where when it came to movies, there was a little bit there was a little bit more leeway given to like different ideas, because if you look at it, there are some some movies that happened during that time. It's just like you never thought, you know, it, it, they, they don't seem as like, um, like financially driven as they were there there was a lot more a, a little bit more openness that came on some of this stuff but
4: there's some stuff that was made back then that you just wouldn't see now like the original back to the future which Hell, holds yeah. up just as well or even better now than it used to
3: yeah, yeah. I, I i i um i credit zemeckis for that
4: or um <laughs> another movie that just you just wouldn't see a movie like this these days because it would just be so like overwrought and gritty but uh, the original beverly hills cop
2: yes oh god he's Oh my God, he'd he'd be basically um, he'd be like an amalgamation of like uh, what was his name in uh, Training Day? Oh yeah, Antoine, or it'd be like him and then like <laughs> and, Vic and Vic Mackey, Vic Mackey, yeah, exactly. A I'll, bit of Jack Bauer.
3: I'll I'll even throw Forty Eight Hours in there. I think that movie
4: still holds up after all this time. <laughs> McCarr. <laughs> even uh, even all of uh, Nick Nolte's uh, blatant racism. Exactly. (laughs) Still potent to this day.
3: (laughs) But uh, one thing I wanted to add that does hold up from the 80s, at least in my eyes, is a lot of the music. I think a lot of the music in the '80s held up, uh, still so uh, hold up to this day. Their signal uh, depends on depends on what it, it. It, it does out. depend, but I mean, a, a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, I think a lot of the, the the music from that era still hold weight and, and inspire people. Well, and, see um,
2: that that if you're going to go in that discussion, I think that's an even bigger thing when it comes. That to That, that is pretty topic.
3: broad.
4: Yeah, <laughs> we'll not be in this one because we've already been running for a while. So very true. We're going to wrap true. this up. So just in closing, a message for now and for the future to consider just because something is in the past or your past that alone doesn't mean that it's good you have Mm -hmm. to give it a critical eye regardless
2: i have one final question i want to pose to you guys Mm -hmm. do you think that in a way this nostalgia craze that we're going through right now and all our different forms of media do you think it maybe hurts um, a lot of probably some of the original ideas that Um, different maybe video game developers or screenwriters and stuff like that might have maybe you know they might be a little bit more apprehensive of of maybe trying to pitch this or something like that because it definitely seems that um, you know with with media being more uh, financially driven and this being a big focus of it that I think it almost kind of stifens originality a little bit do you you think that might be the case and could be something
4: it's it's something that you have to approach carefully because you can always overdo it and have too much nostalgia you know sometimes you can cross you can walk the line perfectly like a something that we should have mentioned but didn't up to this point wreck it Ralph Mm. you know a movie that's filled with massive amounts of nostalgic reference for people of our generation but was an enormous hit on a totally different level with a bunch of kids now who didn't even exist back then and was a big enough hit that it made something like $467 million worldwide.
3: Yeah, kids don't even know what an arcade is.
4: <laughs> they, wouldn't even, they wouldn't even know what Qbert yeah. is or um, Road Blasters or half the things that were mentioned in uh, Wreck-It Ralph. Mm-hmm. So I, I read an article a while back about how in, in Americana or in Hollywood, there's a constant nostalgia for uh, the period from 40 years – prior to the present because the people who are working in Hollywood are feeling now nostalgic about the time of their youth. And one of the main examples was uh, how in the 2000s Mad Men debuted. Yes. Yes, indeed by middle aged guys Mm -hmm. who have this idealized nostalgia of their time. So if you look back, you can kind of see, yeah, you can see this pattern of there's always a period of nostalgia for 40 years from before because it's the childhood of, these writers and even now there's people who are in their mid to late 30s who are responsible for a lot of this nostalgia of the 80s in video games in movies in uh books like ready player one so it's just going to be a continuous cycle you know there are people who are you know kids now in the 2010s who you know by say the 2030s or 40s they're going to be writing about um all of the nostalgia of uh, this period.
3: Mm -hmm. It makes sense. I guess it all flows back in the end.
4: Yeah, all of this has happened before, and all that will happen again.
3: Oh uh, no, we need to break the cycle. <laughs> I, there's a big danger with going back to the to the well, because uh, I do think it stifles creativity to a degree. It, yeah, you it, can't it does, overdo it. Yeah, it pigeonholes um, sometimes people's creativity, and, and that could be a danger when you go back to remake things. That, uh, again, I, that's one of the reasons why I'm worried about the RoboCop reboot, and hopefully that'll be decent when it comes out
4: we'll see but you know when it comes to something like a video game it's cool every once in a while to do an 8-bit side scroller i don't want to see every side scrolling game be 8-bit because then it just becomes uh a tired cliche cash grab so Mm -hmm. again watch out for something that's nostalgia whether it's something that you experienced in the past or something that is being made now that's trying to appeal to your nostalgia look at it with a critical eye don't just blindly accept it play the demo yes play the demo (laughs) play the demo that's probably
2: that's probably the best and worst thing for the gaming industry right now is the fact of you 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 have demos that you can allow people to play so they can you know see if they like it or not but then they could be like oh this is just a piece of garbage and i'm not even gonna bother with it (laughs) (laughs) probably why you see a lot of stuff maybe fail as much as it does now because you you know you're able to kind of try it before you buy it Mm -hmm. and um well, you if know.
4: demos existed back in the 80s, I would have never bought a single game from Claim or LJN. Yeah, because yeah. I would have known better.
3: You, you are doing probably There's a lot bit
4: of, of us. Nostalgia
3: for it Woo! What the... Not even Wizards and Warriors, huh? Damn. Damn.
4: All I gotta say is, Back to the Future and Back to the Future 2 slash 3.
3: Yeah, that's it. all you had to say right there.
4: That's all I'm going to say. If you don't it know is. what I'm talking about, go look it up.
3: And X-Men from LJN. Terrible terrible.
4: (laughs) So we're going to uh, wrap up this segment and we'll be right back. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ.
1: struggling in the car you walk up you open the door and you say you're lying George oh uh, hey you get your damn hands off her you really think I ought to swear yes definitely damn it George swear
4: what did the anime addicts anonymous hosts think of my little pony if you're a dude older than 12 you really should not be watching My Little Pony. And if you are, go eat some chicken wings. Anime. I'd rather watch the Smurfs. Smurfette was hot. Addicts. I'm pretty sure I set a few My Little Ponies on fire when I was a, when I was a child. Anonymous. No, that's cool. I'm just saying, like, My Little Ponies burn real nice because they made of plastic. Podcast.
3: Visit us at aaapodcast.com, iTunes, Facebook, and live from Japan on Ustream.tv. I
5: can't. I
1: believe Game gave Gears of War a 3 a 9.4. Ugh, those guys have rocks in their head. It clearly deserves at least a 9.6. Bro, why do you even care? Modern
3: Warfare 3 is a far superior game in every way.
4: You guys are still playing with your consoles? Please fully immerse yourself in true PC gaming. Are you sick of Nerd Ragers making you feel like your games don't matter? Or do you feel like professional game magazines have sold out and only cover major releases? Sure you are, so join us here at secondopiniongames.com and let us make your video game conversations fun again. Our main podcast focuses on all gaming news, big and small. And don't forget our other podcasts where we talk about video game collecting, fighting games, the best games you've never played, and other just mindless and mindful ramblings that entail what our main focus is. Let us be your first stop in Second Opinion. So stop by games.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. They
5: blow my car! They blow my car! They blow my car! Goddamn shame. They blow my goddamn car and all you got to say is the goddamn shame?
1: No car, no
5: money, you're having a bad day. That's it! I'm through with you, man! I'm calling some of my f- homies, I'm getting a loan, and I'm stepping the f*** off!
3: everybody to Gundam at MAHQ and you've been listening to episode 122 where we had a uh, single segment episode this time where we talked about the nostalgia effect and the pros and cons of that um, before we uh, close out this episode, we definitely got to turn it over to the uh, the Postmaster General himself for the mailbag. And Chris, take it away.
4: All right. And since we're running a little bit late today, we're going to forego the voicemails, but you can always leave those at 305-792-8324, and we'll get to them eventually. For now, we're going to do the regular mailbag, which you can leave a message for in the thread on mechatalk.net. And we start off with Yokozuna Bulldozer, who says, Hello! <laughs> Number one, if you could hire any mecha designer of your choice to make you one unique item, be it a car or furniture or even your own mecha, who would you hire? I'm going to assume Sober will hire Shoji Kawamori and have him build a transforming fighting stick complete with gear walk mode. <laughs>
3: Why would you need? Why would you need a
2: fighting stick with girl walk
3: mode? <laughs> I have no idea, but um, that's not a bad idea to have a, a, a mecha designer design a fighting stick for me, man. Um, I would love to have Katoki design me a fighting stick. Maybe it'll look like the uh, the really expensive sticks from Fauxhammer, Hammer, man. Uh, those sticks are gorgeous, but um, that would be my pick is Katoki to, to design me a, a stick if that's the case.
2: I, I would, I would have uh, Lazy Masamoto. Create do a car for me. Ooh, that nice. was that would have parts of the Arcadia in it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Kotoki though is, is he the one that did the who who did the seed um the seed um Gundams was that Katoki? No, that was Okawara Okuwara. Okawara. I, I would say Okawara but then you would have too many backpacks on your car. Be like, why, <laughs> why, why would I have backpacks all over my car? <laughs> because <laughs> I, I do like what he did for um for strike and then maybe um uh who, who did um who did Axia? who did the double O ones
4: that would be kanetaka ebikawa
2: oh nice i'd probably do i probably have a mecha similar to Axia. maybe maybe if exia and strike had a night together um oh. <laughs>
4: That's uh, that's so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's giving me images of like uh, freedom and justice almost making out in seed.
2: <laughs> oh, what talking about. When they're on the mass driver trying to get away. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Hold on, Atherin.
4: <laughs> okay, so um, for me I would have Okawara create for me a functioning scope dog. Oh, shit. And it would be a fully loaded red shoulder custom. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would use it to just zoom down the highway and whenever anybody gets in my way at rush hour, just toss them aside. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's that's pretty useful, man. And I'll solve crimes. There you go. Crimes that involve me shooting people (laughs) with... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with my ridiculously overpowerful weapons
3: <laughs> dispensing justice on your own.
4: Yes. Number two, Neo. Mm. Would you wait in front of a theater for days complete with camping tent and gear if Sir Bay made the perfect live action adaptation of Cyber Formula? Also, would you prefer it with a localized cast, i.e. in the form of the ring or the grudge, or would you prefer a picture perfect casting? Last but not least, who would be perfect it would be the perfect Franz Heinzel and Jackie Gudelian, aka the Riggs and Murtaugh of Cyber Formula. <laughs> hmm. Well, uh, Franz and
2: Jackie—they were both like the German guys, right? I know Franz was the German guy. Which Jackie—I don't remember German? what Gudelian
4: was. I, yeah, I'm Fagely wondering if he's. European.
2: Yeah, I'm wondering if he's the. I'm wondering if he's the playoff of Jackie Stewart, the old F1 driver. I'm trying to remember. Well, Franz Heinzl, I think I'd probably. Hey, the guy that was. Um, the Jew hunter and in the Glorious Bastards. And you're there save you go. That, first there off. you go. Yeah. And if the other guy's and if the other guy's German too, or I might just do it, is um and he's actually been part of the uh some of the Surbe movies. He was in Bad Boys Two. He was the um, he was the the Russian dude. But he also did all those remember those old v dub in the house commercials where they would like smash uh, you know, they'd have like a riced up car and they'd smash oh, yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's
3: dude. <laughs> B-Dolp yeah. in the house. <laughs> yes. yes. You, what, what's the F stand for? <laughs> uh, he's the replacer now with the Call of Duty commercials. That yeah. guy's the best. <laughs> that <dude's> awesome. <laughs> I don't even think he's German. I think he's like Dutch or something like
2: that. I think it's just one of those bizarre <laughs> things. I don't think he's German or Russian or anything, but he always kind of plays that guy. But um, would I um, wait in front of a camp? Well, you don't really need to do that as much, but it is survey. So instead of waiting in a camping, I would just do... Uh, three, sh- I would just pay do three paid for showings in a row, mm-hmm. to uh to to help survey. And what do you say, a lo- huh?
4: Uh Would you prefer it to be uh, a localized cast, as in you know Americans instead of the Japanese characters, or would you want it to be accurate?
2: Uh, I think we could do. I think we could do kind of. I think we do just the. The regular cast because yeah they were they were japanese but you um you know I, I think at this point it's not a big issue we could do like um like they do with the new star trek where you know sulu's not japanese he's just korean so he represents all asians so just ha- just do it maybe that way maybe of japanese descent and you know they 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 went against it it was basically futuristic f1 so you're going to have different people from different stuff and i I think I would go that route. That'd be cool. I just
4: have one one thing to add to that. Mm. Sir Bay, Lord Bay, if you will.
3: Mm.
4: <laughs> don't you dare cast Megan Fox as Asuka Sugo.
3: Oh. Uh, don't
4: you, you freaking dare.
3: You know what's gonna Swear happen. Swear
4: to God. <laughs> you just I will you, end you.
3: You just you just went ahead and made that you 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 made that a concrete thing. Now he's gonna adapt the movie and do that just to spite you.
4: Uh-oh. I will I will flip you don't know how many tables if he does that. <laughs>
3: I don't think he.
2: I don't know if he would do that. He might, but I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think so. Not if you did a. If you did a localized, or if you did a, a normal, the, the true cast. I'm sure there's some, you know, Victoria's Secret supermodel from Victoria's Secret Japan or something like that that could be put in there.
4: That's mm-hmm. fine by me. Just yeah. like Megan Fox. Yeah. All right. Next we have Berserker Eight, who says Bonjour. Just had a few questions. Oh ho. Number one. Now that Sobro has achieved his international fame for the podcast with listeners in Canada, will there be a part two to the behind the podcast documentary?
3: Oh man, you never know what the future may bring. You never know. Dark Sobro may return. <laughs>
5: <laughs> what, what,
3: what is he referencing? I'm not. I'm not sure. uh, uh, Special Eleven, where we uh, where we had the behind the behind the podcast documentary. You, you remember the where we had uh, not oh, only yeah, was yeah, it, yeah. Okay, okay. There you go,
2: Bill Whipton. <laughs> yeah, okay.
4: Yes. Number two, do you feel that the wait between episodes five to six and now six to seven of Unicorn have slash will be justified or just milking it out in terms of merchandising and to reduce the time till the next Gundam show? Ooh. Well, let's not forget that, you know, when you initially announce something as six episodes and you compress the story to fit in those six episodes and then way into production, you decide to extend it now to seven episodes. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of time to reconfigure The story maybe to reanimate some scenes you had worked on so given that they did this later production i want them to take as much time as is needed to make sure the finale uh comes out properly and given how well episode six turned out i think that the wait for episode seven is justified yeah i
3: mean it's go ahead go ahead new no i i agree (laughs)
4: yeah i I
3: mean it's not uncommon for ova episodes to take sometimes a year to come out um there are a lot of ova episodes that throughout time have taken years this
4: this is is, it's already surpassed uh eighth ms team is the longest running gundam OVA, and uh although not quite it's definitely getting up there with stuff that ran forever like giant robo
3: very
2: true very true but yeah uh, I worked
4: ever since
2: 08th ms team was what
3: because one of the creators
2: died halfway or yeah, something yeah the director yeah.
4: died halfway there was yeah. a,
3: a, a definitely a good reason why the delay was there but um yeah I, I agree I think that um the production timetable got thrown off mainly because of expanding the um the the final few chapters of this, and I want this last episode to be completely grandiose. If they if they announce it's going to take them, if they're going to delay it till the summer of next year or some stuff like that, it won't surprise me because they know they have a lot of expectations to meet with this final episode. So
2: oh oh, and by the way, Sunrise Bandai, um, you can do more than an hour on episode. Yes,
3: thank you, thank you. I I just want to put that out to you. I want an hour and a half or two. I don't expect to see it. Maybe we'll get an extra 10 minutes or something, but...
4: We'll see. And lastly, what are your thoughts on the big three from the original movies getting signed on for the new Star Wars film? And what do you think their roles will actually be? And does that differ from how you want them to be used? Thanks for providing me with my favorite podcast. Sorry, Chaos Theater. Hey, (laughs) Screw you, buddy. Screw...
2: uh, What's... Oh, big three. Oh, Star Wars. Oh, Luke Han and and Princess Leia. Leia. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I I would hope that it's just a cameo role, just a quick sort of passing of the torch and sort of setting the tone. I don't want it to be um, the, the age, uh, ed- <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 mumbling, out of breath Harrison Ford and uh, uh, yeah. Oh, chewy. Uh,
3: although although shout outs to Harrison Ford, he recently did a uh, uh, there was a skit on Jimmy Kimmel. Where uh, people in the audience were asking Star Wars questions, and he was pretty much cursed out Chewbacca during it. That mess was ridiculous. And um, if, if you can find it on YouTube, please do. But yeah, I, have they even confined it? It's like the it's like the one of the mage things on the YouTube. Yeah, it's like <laughs> the number one the number one video yeah. that yeah. and that and Patton Oswalt uh, railing off his his Star Wars slash Avengers crossover on on Parks and Rec. That shit was genius. But um, <laughs> but yeah um when it comes to the big 3 i don't even know if, the, if it's been confirmed has it been confirmed that they they got all 3 on board sort of kind of maybe yeah i mean yeah. The, the, the being the being quiet about it for good reason but um i don't
4: forget it's jj abrams more jj yeah. abrams secrecy
3: yeah exactly i'm 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 great with it if they're in supporting roles um i i don't i a, a cameo's fine but maybe i you would also I,
4: make for an awesome cameo who's that william shatner
3: oh shit billy d too
4: no, William Shatner.
3: Yeah, it would be cool if they have someone from Star Trek appear in this, in a, in a cameo, you know, and it would be some kind of tongue-in-cheek appearance, but yeah, that it would be, be awesome. I
4: think that J.J. Abrams refuses to put Shatner into a cameo in Star Trek, but then sticks him in Star Wars.
3: Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be a great way to troll the audience. I, I, he would do it, too. He would that easily do it. That
4: would be the it. best troll ever, so do it, J.J. <laughs>
3: F, F- you, JJ. Oh, damn. I know somewhere, somewhere Pedro's, Pedro's applauding when it comes to the Star Trek.
4: <laughs> I'm sure he is for, <laughs> for shitting on the chat. Yeah. Oh, man. Good times. Bastard. All right. Uh, next, we have some questions from a. Oh, hey question from pq comics who says which gunham character is the most fly i'm talking about which gunham character has the most swagged out wardrobe if you do not understand you may have sobro translate you racist mother
2: okay is he is he wanting like
3: 70s pimp when i think of like, like black what?
4: dynamite level here yeah or? that's what i'm of, thinking
3: because apparently i'm a dazzling urbanite
4: well, I'm just, and, I'm, and I know I'm just all the slang.
2: I'm just wondering what he's is, what he's talking about here, because.
4: Well, I, I mean, don't particularly care what he's talking about, so I'm just gonna answer the what I feel like answering. Go it, ahead, go ahead. Which is uh, NOL Dominatrix leather all the way. There you go. There you go. Now, now, now you're being creative. I second um. that. Um, of <laughs> course, who else? But
2: um. the one, the only, Trace Renata. There you go. Come on, <laughs> especially that, especially that one still they always showed with him and Zach's. Where he's got the cape flowing and he's doing like the little salute with his hand, yeah, Mm -hmm. the man. There you go.
4: And and speaking of trays, uh, shameless product placement, shameless plug. Check out Chaos Theater's interview with David Kay, which uh, Berserker Eight is on Chaos Theater, not Gundam. So eh. burn. (laughs) There you go. My favorite podcast now. Oh
3: man, he gets to have the second. He'll have to hold that L. Uh, I know that. Uh, I have one honorable mention. Go ahead. The Quattro Pagina look.
4: <laughs> that's what I was gonna freaking say, man! Damn it! I was gonna say it too, but then I figured that would be a better. Choice.
3: Oh man, yeah. My my first choice is definitely Quattro Pagina. He, it, although his uh, his attire screams '80s, man. There's something about him that's timeless, man. Those rolled up sleeves, man. He's looking like he's ready to do some work. He's it, a char that's willing to get down and dirty to do his work, man. That's that's the guy. And uh, sleeves. <laughs> Outside of that, Domon Koshu, man, that dude was so pimp in his. Oh, no, like, no, no, not in yeah. G Gundam. The yeah. man is George. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. George <laughs> is the flyest
4: dude on freaking on. Uh, one yeah, G G just dresses like a space hobo kind of. Yeah. Oh man, but
3: he's, he's still got a little bit of hipness to him. Man, maybe, maybe yeah, space not, space hipster. Like George George yeah. has got it all together, man. George is dude, pretty he's got, fabulous, he's got man.
4: A French princess on his ass like,
2: all the time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, George. George's, George's man. George's George's man George, man, it's 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 mm-hmm. Gibby the George the domo. I'm sorry. That's damn, how it works, man.
3: damn. Listen to you. <laughs> George is pimp, man. He he has George's more than pimp. Dude. He he has he has he has a look where he would come off from initially. You might think of him as a fancy boy, but he's more so a fabulous dope pimp. That's what he is, man. He,
2: he's a fancy boy that yeah. kicks ass.
3: Yeah, he he's, is. He's
2: kicking fancy boy. I mean, the man worked in. Rose Bits and it's
4: cool. I'm sorry. It was
3: such style this guy yeah. has, man.
4: End of discussion. George Well there there we have it, and now we're gonna move on because we got stuff to get to. Alright, go ahead, go ahead. So next is Angel Wing Zero, who has nine questions, the last four of which I've already been formed will be answered on Fighters Ready as they relate to JoJo. So mm-hmm. tune in to that show for those. Indeed. Question number one. What's the better workhorse mecha, the Methus or Guard? <laughs> okay, come on. The Methus doesn't do anything except blow up
3: yeah, or get, get broken. Yeah, it, it is definitely uh, it is definitely the it's easiest to repair. The easiest w- suit to ever repair, even easier to repair than the GM's. Man, it is, it it's, is
4: it's, it's a piece of trash. It, taped it's pl- together with duct, space duct tape.
3: It's play school class, man.
4: <laughs> so. <laughs> so Not even a competition. Die Snap on.
3: Level one Gundam.
4: There you go. (laughs) Number two. What mecha character should replace Jared as the weight loss spokesman for Subway? Oh, man. Oh,
3: oh, 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 I I already know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to take take yours away. Oh, my man, Fats Goodman, yo. (laughs)
4: Uh, Fats Goodman would be a good one, yeah. I got got one that they could top Fats Goodman. Oh, Oh, yeah, go ahead. Chris, Chris? Uh, Sweats and Stero from Ternate. I'm going to my alternate because I was going <laughs> to do
2: sweatshirt. Oh, no. uh, Gemon, Gammon, on. <laughs>
4: Human or dog form?
2: Oh, because people like dogs. It's good for the marketing. Okay. <laughs> Don't be cats amused.
4: Nice. Number three, if you saw the Grammys, how do you feel seeing William Shatner back in the best Star Trek uniform ever?
2: Oh, well, I was freaking floored. I didn't watch the Grammys, but I saw that thing after that. Of course, yes, that is the best Star Trek uniform ever, and it should be in all of the movies right now. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I there you answer. go.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think we know who that that was aimed solely at. And of course, it's the Shatner. So I mean, this come on. The Shat.
3: Shout out to Pedro. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Number four. What would you want cybernetically implanted into your body? Rocket punch or breast fire? Oh, wow, I think I'm gonna have to go with Rocket Punch. Yeah,
3: Rocket I, punch. Yeah. I, I think it's unanimous.
4: <laughs> and lastly, since the rest is gonna be on Fighters Ready, mm-hmm. who could wreak more havoc given five minutes to wreak havoc? Chirko QV or Jar Jar Binks? Remember, Jar Jar is the reason the Emperor gained power in the first place. Okay, Ooh, that's perfect. completely indirectly. <laughs> That's like really, 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 really pushing it. Uh, Chirico will just destroy. Er- this, Chirico killed God yes, twice. It did. <laughs> yes. Twice.
3: He I, is I, a I, one man destruction crew, man. <laughs> sw- I swear to God, you put Chirico Kubi in the Star Wars universe, and those prequels would have been s- one s- movie. The Smiths <laughs> s- would have been <laughs> bowing down to him in fear. It would have been done. It's like he'd have, he'd have run shit. <laughs> then it, 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 it would have been those no Luke Skywalker.
2: <laughs> instead of three, three hour movies. You would have just one one hour special.
4: <laughs> it would all be resolved. <laughs> <that Jericho laughs> destroys him. the empire before it's even formed. <laughs> and single handedly destroys all of the clones uh, with one scope dog. He you sees- imagine him going into the
2: Jedi Council and just bitch slapping every damn Jedi there mm-hmm. and go, Mother Effer, you
3: know the frickin' Palpatine is the Sith Lord. <laughs> yeah, he was Shank. I- messing I- around. He was Shank Palpatine the minute he saw him. <laughs>
4: And being unkillable, he wouldn't get uh, forced lightninged.
3: No, sir. No, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and won't get maced when, dude.
4: <laughs> All right, so next we have Raijins, who says, Sup, Gundam bros, quick one for you. Me and my brother were discussing that Sunrise always seems to play it safe in terms of settings for their Gundam series, be it Earth Federation versus Xeon colonists, extraterrestrials, and haven't tried anything too ambitious on par with something like Code Geass. What do you think Sunrise could try that would be a successful genre shift for a Gundam series, be it medieval, steampunk, gritty war format magical girl etc keep up the good work and kudos to whoever it was that came up with the idea for voice actor interviews i love to listen to and gain insight from such talented actors and actresses who enrich our lives with amazing performances of much-loved characters be they from cartoons anime video games or all of the above i'm looking forward to whoever next you guys can get on to gun my vote goes to the guy who does the voice of ramba raw here here play no, with me boy, boy. <laughs> yeah. you're excited me boy Okay so uh for that second part first the answer would be Dalo so please uh send all of your uh good comments over his way mm-hmm. at DoloR r on twitter yes so um to take well, a little bit of issue with with uh the inclusion of the factions in the question extraterrestrials is a pretty new setting for Gundam
2: yeah yeah that's a brand new one
4: <laughs> yeah we've not we've not had that before, yeah, we had the space whales ma- randomly mentioned in seed, but that never turned into a thing, so having the um else in the double o movie is a big change
2: mm-hmm. yeah and, and they've even- already. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: And even Double O's setting in the first season is a pretty big change from what we've seen in the past. And we've seen also some experimentation, particularly with G Gundam and X and Turn A, where you have Super Robot Fighting, you have Steampunk Miyazaki, and you have Post-War Apocalypse. Yeah. That's pretty varied. And even to its credit, Age, they did the obvious fake-out of Aliens, which turned out to be... Martian colonists, which also we've not had yeah. on Gundam. So yes, the problem, I think, is that it always comes back to the one-year war and Xeon-related conflicts. So Sunrise is going to keep coming back to that because that's what sells, and that's why they had you know, the crossbones, the original crossbones, and the Zanskar as Xeon stand-ins, but people just love the original gangster; They love the Xeon.
3: They do. They do indeed.
2: Well, it's, it's, like we said earlier, um, it's not broken in japan they love zeon it's that's it it's like earth federation and zeon like you've always said anything that ever comes anything that's ever going to be universal Century is always going to have zeon in it in some way or fashion
4: yeah so. i wouldn't mind seeing something crazy just like pure straight up fantasy mecha, like ray earth or escoflowne mm-hmm. yeah, have Devon, uh yeah. medieval gundam And you have, like, some sort of, like, evil kingdom along the lines of, like, say, Zybok that's running around messing things up or, or like, uh, freaking Duke what's-his-name from uh, Dunbine.
3: Yeah. uh, Drake Luft.
4: Yeah, Drake Luft. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that'd be fun. And uh, those are amusing what-ifs that probably won't happen because we'll just keep getting more Earth space recycling because that's what sells. That's
3: pretty much what sells. What I would love to see is what Turn A Gundam hinted upon where uh, people left the Earth sphere. And they went out to colonize other planets. And I'd like to see a situation where it's many years in the future. You're on an alien, distant world where mankind is colonized, and maybe a civil war breaks out or something like that. And introduce a whole new element into a Gundam series. I would love to see that. I want Game of Thrones Gundam, there including you go. with baby dragons. You want the Gundam Slayer? That's, 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 pretty,
4: that's much, <laughs> pretty much, pretty uh, same thing. Fantasy.
2: Yeah, but I want actual baby dragons in it.
4: Baby robot dragons.
2: No, I don't want a robot. I want regular baby dragons. Well alright.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next we have a uh, sort of lightning round where how we're gonna handle this from suspicious red lamp. Oh says for each of these questions you have to put what you think is the best mecha to fulfill the spot. Number one, the best mecha for pizza delivery. Oh, oh that Jesus. thing that
2: um Saji was in. Saji Crossroads. Uh yeah, what, is, the, the the what
3: it was oh god it I'm blanking on it. Me too, actually. That one laser. The, the rise, yes, yes. There you go. Just slap a Pizza Hut logo on it.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the much. best mecca as a chef.
3: Ooh. Mm. Oh, so that means somebody probably has like a lot of ginsu's on them. Hmm. Oh, Who's I know. Um, choppy chop. I know. I, uh, no, yeah. uh, the the red the red frame is stray man. Uh, well, that's one big one. That's I'm talking. Just,
4: well, it's got the big one and the small one.
3: Yeah, it's got it's oh. got it's got more than one sword. Double O had a lot of those, too, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the yeah, Exia had a shit ton of swords.
2: Yeah, that's right. Exia yeah. with mm-hmm. the, the pack they put on in the second However, part. Of- However,
4: mm-hmm. despite all of those utensils being handy, none of those pilots are chefs, whereas Sai Sai actually was. was oh, the- oh, thinking yes, outside was. the box. <laughs> Dragon Gundam, I think. Yeah, yeah. Put that man on Iron Chef, dude. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> Number three, the best mecha as a politician, thanks to his good look.
3: Um. Well, we already know this. We already know the answer. It's it's gonna be unanimous, man. It's gonna be the tall geese three. It's got to be. The uh, so sure, tall, tall geese two. The tall geese two. I'm sorry. Is, with is it really the best
2: Mecca though?
3: It's followed by, by the best politician. Oh, yeah, but he's saying thanks to the good
2: look of the Mecca. Good I look. That's what he's meaning.
3: It's a good looking Mecca. I, 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 that would be my pick. Yeah, I'm cool with tall geese two.
2: Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, because it did have like that Roman emperor, like Roman legion type of look with it.
3: The only that's other okay. one I can think of is the Gundam Rose um, from from uh, well, the aforementioned George man.
4: All right, and number four, the best Mecha as a doctor. Well, that's just obvious, Ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I can't argue. Doctor.
3: I can't argue with that.
4: Number two, the best Mecha as a tea bagger in an FPS. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Scope Dog because it's low to the ground. I'm gonna go yeah, with I'm gonna,
3: I'm gonna go with heavy arms. Yeah, I'd probably do Scope
2: Dog too. Yeah definitely
4: the best mecha as an initial d car i'm gonna Ooh. go with uh smokescreen in prime
3: mm. damn that's a good one
4: um i'm gonna go with uh shoot Or oh, what was his name what was the uh the real pretentious dude
2: the
3: decepticon and uh um, oh uh the doctor dude yeah i know what you're talking about i can't remember his name though but yeah, the, the the doctor break down in- yeah yeah I- i'll go i'll go with bumblebee why not the the new version of bumblebee yeah. in prime in the movies
4: not not the forty horsepower. No you v- The V <laughs> He can hug those corners. <laughs> Number seven, the best mecha as Ryu from Street Fighter. Yes, Soul Bro. yes. We'll, we'll leave this one to you solely.
3: Yeah. Um I, I you know, it's funny. Uh we were playing uh Gundam Battle Assault on stream a few weeks back, uh, during the MegaCon meetup. And uh sure enough, I my favorite character in that game is uh the G Gundam with Domo and Kashu. It's very Ryu esque, so that's definitely the uh the pick i would make there
4: okay number eight the best mecca as the pope clearly it's cubale
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> what about the cardinal gundam
4: <laughs> if there was such a thing cubale's Q- got those pope shoulders it, yeah, it, it does. does
2: kind of the pope head too a little bit yes yeah
4: and that picture of uh, of benedict that yeah. looks like he's got the cubale shoulders and the funnels
3: Right, sure. <laughs> May Q bless you and keep you.
4: <laughs> Number nine, the best mecha to carry the Manhattan Project instead of the B fifty two Gundam Fissilis Band. Oh, uh, damn! Oh, I'll um, give it to uh, to age one because uh, Flit has no compunction in using it. Um, no, uh,
2: turn A, because they That's just too. stored him They just stored them in the chest
4: with and dirt. It, <laughs> with dirt. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh I'm gonna go with the
4: obvious, the metal gear. <laughs> Which one? Uh we can go with uh we we'll go with Rex. Okay. Number ten, the best mecha for Malcolm Reynolds. Ooh
2: it's always breaking down.
4: Um probably <laughs> <I'll be laughs> met <Matt> this.
2: <laughs> it's always breaking down.
4: It is unreliable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Number a, 11, mm-hmm. the best mecha to replace a DMC-12 DeLorean. There is no such thing. No, man. I, I, only Except the transform. a transforming DMC DeLorean.
3: DeLorean, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if there's such a one.
4: The best mecha to replace domestic pets. Well, this I think is also obvious. It would be the, the Inu Gundam from uh, these G Gundam variations that oh, yeah. uh, were designed. You can see mm-hmm. on MHQ. Or alternately Rush from Mega Man.
3: Yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, if I was to, to go simpler, I'd go with Haro, but uh, since he's just more of a toy and not a mecha, but I, I think he gets an honorable mention.
2: Well, he could do double uh, O Haros because they had their little pods that they got in. Yeah. Their, their, they had their little hands and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. That's a good choice.
4: All right, so this is going to be our last question. It comes from Mobius Diablo, and this mm. is for you, Sobro. This is a, a Sophie's Choice. Uh-oh. For Solbro, if you could sacrifice one of these companies to raise the other to glory, which one would you offer for sacrifice? Uh, Namco Bandai or Capcom?
3: Man, um, it's probably an easy choice for me. Um, I, I've I, I, as as we mentioned the nostalgic glasses. Uh, I came up in the 8-bit era for uh, Capcom games. Like Strider and whatnot. So, I have an attachment to that company, as you guys will know. Namco Bandai, not so much. I, I've been impressed with some of their games and, and not impressed with others. So, um, throughout the years. So, um, if I had to sacrifice one company, it'd probably be them.
4: All right. Neo, if you had the mm-hmm. power to erase the existence of either Pierce Morgan or Jim Kramer, who would you choose? Oh, damn. This is a <laughs> tough that, one. That's, that's, that's a serious <laughs> choice as well. Oh, damn. That's not an options choice for me. I don't know, because. Either way, the world is still pretty bad off. But I think I'm, I think slightly. I'm still gonna have to go.
2: Well, Piers Morgan could always go back to Britain, and yes. we wouldn't have to worry about him that much. But yeah, Jim, Jim Cramer's, Cramer's our product. Yeah, he's a product of America. So I'm gonna have to say Jim Cramer again. Yeah. All right. Damn, I'm a, I'm and, shocked by that. And so, finally, the other reason too is because Jim Cramer gives out advice, and there's dumb people out there that follow it. Granted, they're dumb enough to follow it, but just the fact that he's giving out poor advice
4: so mm-hmm. and finally chris <laughs> if you had no choice but to sit down a marathon one of these shows again which would be your choice mm-hmm. the newsroom or md geist the complete collection <laughs> okay come on is that even really a choice oh, that's easy man <laughs> MD i know what geist, i would say yeah md geist is like barely under two hours between the two of them yeah exactly <laughs> <It's like> newsroom <laughs> is at least 10 hours of pain if we're just talking about season one and double that if you would force me to watch season two which i'm not going to watch
3: the only person you gave um on the uh, in this round of questions a hard time was neo <laughs> truly really, for me it was easy for you it's definitely easy
4: yeah, yeah these, was, these was, are not uh, very uh tough moral choices here
2: yeah mm-hmm. that that was i would have said md guys all day Hell yeah that, isn't that saying something? <laughs> I would choose that too. I mean, even, even outside of the whole time factor, because he's saying what? You would have to marathon out a Continuous Loop. Just outside of that, it's like, damn, as bad as MD Geist is, it's still better than a newsroom.
4: <laughs> oh, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, boy. Interesting. So there, you, there you have it, and uh, we will have more questions next episode in the mailbag, so keep sending them in right
3: on and um thank you very much chris for that and um before we close out this episode any uh any things you wanted to shout out or 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 get off your chest before we close things out
4: i hate everyone
3: oh shit
4: (laughs) brought to you by grumpy cat
3: no (laughs) doubt endorsed by him indeed Uh, Neo, any any last thoughts at all? Yeah. All right. Well, um, when you got time, definitely check these websites. Head on over where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. That's the Mecha and Anime Headquarters. Also, make sure you visit Gundam.net, the official website for the Gundam at MAHQ podcast, and where you can download and find information on this episode and our entire back catalog. Join in on the conversation at mechatalk.net. Net, where you can also find official forums for Gundam, where you can submit questions, topics, and reply to anything that we said in this episode. All other links for Gundam at MAHQ can be found at about.me slash Gundam. There you will find links to us on iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, and our other media facets. After listening to Gundam, the next podcast you should be listening to is Chaos Theater, MAHQ's other podcast that focuses on other facets of nerddom, hosted by the webmaster of MAHQ himself, Chris Guanche, and everybody's favorite pedal bear of the South, Pedro Cortez? Listen to them at chaostheater.blogspot.com. Shinjuku Station also has a podcast that focuses on fighting games called Fighters Ready, hosted by Gundam's own sobro Ryu and his co-host, Nick the Stampede. Fight your way on over to FightersReady.net, where you can download episodes and join in on the conversation. And that's it for episode 122 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time.
1: It is the near future. The apocalypse has had an apocalypse. A rogue cyborg army is reshaping the world into cyber hell, and only one thing can stop them. Let's show them how cyber commandos get it done. Force I want them alive. From the toxic ashes of Vietnam War II, a new breed of renegade soldier is born. Part man, part machine, all Cyber Commando. Sergeant Rex Colt is leading the battle between good and evil. As it's never been fought before. He's on a desperate mission to bring down a battalion of ruthless killer cyborgs. And save the world. Lights out, Rex. Michael Bean is Sergeant Rex Power Colt in this year's most thrilling, action-packed cyber adventure. Far Cry Three: Blood Dragon.
3: Gundam at M-A-H-Q is a Shinjuku station and M-A-H-Q dot net joint.
1: Peeping? Quiet, not so loud. What are you trying to
0: do? You're not teaching me how to be a peeping Tom, are you?
3: Tenshi... Listen, we're here at the hot springs. And there are young ladies up there in the women's bath. It would be really rude not to peek.
1: The hostess will kill us if she finds out. I'm not afraid of her at all.
3: So, uh, what's the deal with the towel, Dad? Huh? Numbskull, what do you think? This is the traditional attire for peeping.
1: Dad, stop.
0: You're embarrassing me, you know. Hurry up,
3: sons. We uh, don't want to miss uh, anything.